Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number 564. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Well, not to sound like Phil Rizzuto, nobody gets that reference, but happy birthdays to Sarah, Hugh, Stephanie, and my dad. Whoa, September birthday bash. Yeah, I was a hot damn. I know a bunch of people with birthdays in September. Like, I can think of six right off the top of my head right now. John's birthday's in September. Is it? Yeah, bro. So's Aaron's. What? <laughs> Everybody around here is so quiet about their birthdays, except for me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, Joey Brachino. Oh, my God. Wow. That's what you deserve. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he, you're here. Hi. I am. Hi. Uh, Chris Carey is also here. Hello, Chris. Hi. I spent the weekend making a Lazarus pit in my backyard in case I die before I defend Damian Wayne again. <laughs> Whoa. How Isn't many of these a- do you have? I have so many. <laughs> do you really? It, um, I do. Bronwyn's been helping me brainstorm them. <laughs> is it Batman versus Robin coming out this week? It is. Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. So do you like just stick them into a generator? Do you pull them out of a hat? Do you? Have I have a notes app on my phone full of Damian Wayne related jokes. I am getting toward the end, but I, I can refresh it again. Yeah, whenever fine. the spirit strikes them, they'll just fill it out more, you know? Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> I, I, you brought I, this on yourself. You accidentally challenged me. <laughs> I should have kept my mouth shut. You should have. Look what oh, happened. You want to hear something funny? A follow-up to that very thing. The example that I gave you of a podcast that I listen to that always does the same joke. They yeah. always do it no matter what. Last week, last episode, they didn't do it. <gasps> Whoa. Right after I said something on our they show, listen. Like, an episode or two ago. Hi, podcast. I don't remember what you are anymore, but hello. I was, <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. They made it through the entire. Anyway, ah. it was, uh, it was a moment for me. I felt like, uh, <laughs> felt like that my prayers had been answered. You it's manifested rare. this. Yes, the secret is real. The secret is real. <laughs> Sounds like a found footage movie about to happen. I'm sorry. Look, I'm just saying, ever since I drank the Peter Popoff water, things have been uh, coming up Millhouse. <laughs> Miracle water. That's right. Um, we have a show. We have a show about comic books. We also have uh, a couple of other cool things going down. Uh, D23 happened 
over the weekend. That is Woo! Disney's big expo where they talk about their Lucasfilm stuff and their Pixar stuff and their Walt Disney Pictures stuff. And of course, their Marvel stuff. I was so excited to hear about the cast of Fantastic Four and X-Men and to see Bucky and Sam together again. <laughs> you had a great weekend, huh, Chris? <laughs> I what? think... Did that not happen? <laughs> of course it didn't happen. <laughs> the X-Men stuff, I feel, is going to be a very slow burn. They are going to you're... tease that stuff out over the next several releases. No, at I don't least think they you're did Young Avengers, get... though, right? You're not going to get X-Men... For three years. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, characters might show up here and there, but anything X-Men related, I would say not until 2025, because those movies aren't even, like, real yet. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree. And Fantastic hey. Four, like, they just put Shackman in as director. Spoilers for the news section. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, literally last week. So you really think that they would be like, hey, you could direct this movie, but, like, we already cast it? No, absolutely not. The guy wants a, at least a say in some casting yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So, like... I'm just and, and I said this on the show several, several times that like until I see a trailer, nothing's real. But also mm-hmm. like all the scoops and all that stuff. I'm just like, I can't deal with it anymore. And I know, Steve, it's your job, but. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't care. At, yeah. At the end of the day, after separating Sam and Bucky, they Kevin Feige was clearly like, I can't do Charles and Eric. There's no way to make it straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So we'll be talking about D23, a lot of the news that came out of that. Uh, Disney also hosted their first ever uh, video game related like streaming event. Yeah. uh, Previewing all the stuff they have coming out. Uh, I'll pick out some of the highlights from that super quick. There was some some pretty cool looking stuff on there. I was I was impressed with it. Um, what else do we got here? We have uh, a quiz. We have another quiz. We One of our uh, favorite listeners and frequent emailers, uh, Brian, had sent us a 10-question comic book-related quiz. I have not looked at any of the answers. I just want to put it out there now. Ooh. Joey probably I'm... has. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> After last he, time. Uh, Brian was very, very clever in that we have all of the questions and then you have to scroll way down to get to the answers. So he gave me the opportunity not to cheat or look at anything. And so I did not. Uh, you will, you will know that I didn't Pinky buy square? my. What's that? Pinky square. Yeah. Oh, look, when when we get the scores back, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> You will know because I never do good on these things and and I'm just going to dive right in. Um, I feel like we did news first the last time. Let's do books this time. Nice. Chris. Yes. Whoa. I've never been first. That was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're web tuning it up first today, apparently. That's right. So I read Big Ethel Energy. I've been reading it since it came out, um, but it's recently – well, we'll get to that. It's recently hit a place that I just wanted to talk about. So um, Big Ethel Energy is a Archie Comics uh, webtoon that focuses on Ethel, and it kind of re-looks at all of the characters from Archie Comics through a more current lens, and I don't mean that in a Riverdale way uh, at all, (laughs) but like, who would they be if they were millennials, you know, or mm, I guess Generation Z, they're pretty young. 
But um, basically, we have Ethel coming back to Riverdale. She's been in New York for a very long time. And she gets this opportunity to write a book about the history of her hometown. Um, And she goes back to check it out. And we get to see some of the best possible Archie comics things, like the uh, Archie, Veronica, Betty love triangle solved by neither girl wanting him at all. And (laughs) it was flawless. Wow, it only took a few decades. (laughs) But we also get to see Ethel, who famously was the character who crushed on Jughead to make Mm -hmm. him seem straighter before they decided to go ahead and make him asexual, kind of like dealing with the fact that she misread the situation this whole time, that she thought he hated her, but he just um, was asexual. And it really explores that in a very interesting way. We get new characters. We get all kinds of queer characters in Riverdale, including Ethel uncovering that there were more queer people than they thought if you look back at their history. And it is really delightful and fun and sweet um, and worth the read. And and you get to see everybody's amazing outfits, which they really put a lot of art time into. <laughs> oh. Nice. Yeah, it's so fun. Fully. Should I save my questions mm-hmm. until later? Yeah, let me go through them and then we can uh, I can answer your questions. Okay. Uh, fully transitioning to a hard right into a different genre, there is School Bus Graveyard. Um, School Bus Graveyard on Webtoons is one of the scariest Webtoons I've ever read. Um, and it utilizes the sound effect and the music and the oh, nice. flashing lights function of Webtoons quite a bit. Um So be warned, Um, it is deeply creepy. It is basically about these kids who, because of something that happens on a field trip, they get stuck during the nighttime hours of the day in this sort of other world. Uh, And they don't know how to get out. And everything resets. So they go back to their life as it was during the daytime. But every night it resets back at nighttime wherever they left off. So they have these kind of like dual lives going. Um, If you... Oh, yeah. If you like Stranger Things, this is that same kind of uh, energy of that weird mystery, these young kids working together to try to handle it. Um, But it's kind of creepy in the way of the final season or the current most recent season and not so much of the lighter seasons before. So be warned. But it is very good. I like it a lot. Uh, And then finally, I actually just started this one and I'm already deeply, deeply, deeply down the well of it. I'm obsessed with this one. It is called Fluidium. Uh, So Fluidium is a kind of like near sci-fi world where it's it's similar to the world we're living in, um, but, but has some differences. And the main difference is that everyone is given two bodies at birth. They're given a male body and a female body, and you can transform between the two of them until you are 21, where you have to choose your gender. And then the other body disintegrates. Uh, but uh we follow two characters one who doesn't believe in transitioning backward and forward she is a woman and always always felt like one um and she hates that people try to force her to experiment with her gender and the other one who is fluid and wants to stay moving between the two uh and both of them are approaching their 21st birthday where they are kind of outside the realm of what is normal gender in the society and going to be forced out of it. And they meet someone who has just been forced out of uh, this gender fluidity who is still really upset about it. And things get weird from there. It's really good. Um, So yes, do you have any questions, Steve? I think you said questions. 
Who in the for for the listeners at home and for me, who is Ethel? Like in the Archieverse. Hmm. Ethel really, really was a one-note character, like I said, introduced quite flawed to make Jughead seem less queer basically she had very little interesting character in the comics she was very one note she was kind of obsessed with boys she was sort of the you know betty's fat friend it was like very very cringy if you read them now um and this comic has taken all that and really redeemed it like they celebrate her body positivity you know she is a bigger girl and she loves that about herself now and you know she realizes that she was kind of chasing after boys and she's really become into her own as a full person. And so there's a lot of exploration of her being one note and now a full person. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's really it. There's nothing I, more I to her in the, in the comics, but yeah. I learned something today. Yeah. Yeah. How you might not have an answer for this question, but how does Netflix Netflix? Oh my God. How does Webtoon get away with having these comics about licensed characters? Well, the the, the companies make them. Um, oh, so, so Archie is making Big Ethel Energy? Yes. Webtoon just hosts. Yeah. So a lot of oh. Webtoons are more independent comics, but, you know, DC, Marvel, and uh, Archie, um, and weirdly enough, Pacific Rim are all things that have licensed comics on Hell Webtoons. yeah. Hell yeah, Pacific Rim. <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> canceling, canceling that apocalypse, baby. You, yeah, you gotta <laughs> gotta fight those kaiju <laughs> nice. with your closest buddy and the power of love. <laughs> I recently watched that first movie again, so maybe like a couple of months back. It was awesome. I like, love I like that, that movie. That movie is still really cool. I know the uh, the sense of scale in that movie. When you look up at those robots, they did a really really good job with that perspective. Peak, you know, I loved it. Peak Charlie Day. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. He's the best character in that movie. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> I mean, you see a giant robot swinging around a steamship as a club. Yeah. <laughs> Talk yeah. about scale. There it is right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Have you not seen it, Bob? Pacific Rim? Oh, yes, I have. No, oh, I love okay. Pacific Rim. It's good. It's Del Toro. I love everything yeah. Del Toro. It's amazing. Not the sequel. Sequel is not fun. No. But it's not um, him, though, is it? Fluidity sounds awesome. It's so good. It yeah. really is. It's very much like literalizing the way that we treat trans and genderqueer people. And mm-hmm. I really like it. Like, it's a great exploration. I had a school... Go, go ahead, Bob. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I had a school bus graveyard question that popped into my head while you were mm-hmm. talking. And now I can't remember what the hell it was. So I do. So we're, we're good to go anyway. Yay. Awesome. The way you're describing that, Chris, I'm reminded of that segment of Trick or Treat. Ooh. Where the school bus ends up in the quarry and yeah. bad things are in the quarry. Yeah, it, it is. Um, there is definitely some scenes like that. The school bus is where they end up resetting a lot of the time um, because it was oh. a field trip they were on. Yes. That was my question. Do they age? Well, it hasn't, take pl- it hasn't taken place over enough time yet to really answer that. But time is moving, I guess. So okay. probably. I'm just um, wondering what the rules are of this place. Oh, that's a good question. I, it hasn't made it like a, a year of time or anything like that at this point. But when they come back, the, the day is still moving forward. It's just, um, 
they get sent back to exactly where they left off. So that this, the part of it that makes it so scary is you might be in this like situation where the monster is right in front of you and then you wake up and you know when you go to sleep again, you're going to be right there. Get so, out. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. It's so good. And you're telling me this comic plays sound effects in your ears? It does. It does. It's real good. I love it. How do you find these? Like, what is your what is your metric for when you're searching for a new webtoon? Um, well, so at this point, early on, it was a lot of you know, trial and error. But at this point, my algorithm knows me. It's it's like here, <laughs> you want this, and it's right. Like most of the time, uh, I rarely ever search out anything. Though I might search through genres, but even. At this point, though, I've been on it so long that even if I search through genres, it's going to tell me what I want from that genre. So once you've been on it long enough, it starts Netflixing for you, basically, and you never see the stuff you don't want to read. So, Uh, You said you were caught up with Red Hood, right? Um, Until I think there's a new one this week. I haven't read. Okay. Otherwise. You've seen the, the, the recent Bizarro stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's amazing. I love that. That comic is so good. I tried uh, I tried a new webtoon the other night. Uh, it had just started. Um, Daybreak. It's mm. brand new. It's only got like three episodes uh, out. It's not necessarily doing anything super special yet, but it's yeah. very cute. And I think it's very um, thirsty on tune. Ooh, okay. Um, f- I, I think you might, you give maybe give it a little bit. You might be able to get something good out of it. Nice. I think I, I think I have subscribed to that one. That sounds real familiar. Yeah, it's um it has it has major potential. It's very cute. Cool. I dig it. All right. Uh anybody else want to comment on uh Big Ethel Energy School Bus Graveyard or Fluidium? Not no. as of this moment. All right. No one comment on the fact that I wrote Weeb Tune on the thing, okay? <laughs> oh, you did that on purpose? No. I think I did it. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving then. Uh, Joey, why don't you go next? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on the show. Uh, and I don't think anybody last week talked about amazing fantasy 1000. It's been one week. Since you looked at me. Bare naked ladies reference right here. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Joey. I'm sorry. Uh, no one talked about Amazing Fantasy 1000 last week, and I loved Amazing Fantasy 1000. Uh, this was obviously celebrating the first appearance of Spidey Man back in Amazing Fantasy 15. Um, ton of incredible creatives on this anthology issue. Um Neil Gaiman did a story. John Hickman did a story. Dan Slott did a story. Anthony Falcone, Karbusek. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Michael Cho, Hoche Anderson, John Romita came back. Jim Chung came back. Rainbow Rowell. Like to the Dodsons, like Giuseppe Camincoli, Steve McNiven, Ryan Stegman, Olivia Quapel did a story. Like it is the, the wow. artists wow. alone. It's crazy. And it was like a good, like, 80 or 90 pages, which like DC would have charged you $20 for. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Marvel, this was, I was surprised. It was only like seven bucks or something like that. Wow. It was definitely worth the cost. Uh, the stories were great, some more than others, but I joked in the chat very briefly. I was like, I made it through the second story before I started crying. Like it, Spider-Man's a character that every time I try to read the main Amazing Spider-Man uh, series. Like I'll get a couple of issues in, and then I'm like, I, I can't do this. But any of these like highlight issues, anthology issues, anytime he shows up, I get emotional because it's like the Spider-Man story is so good. And the one I cried at, I think was, um, it was Dan Slott and Jimmy Chung did one where Peter is like 60 years old, literally if you count the issues. But he's 60. And he's like still spideying out there and he gets, he's like, Oh, I'm slowing down. And he gets shot in the alley. Uh, very Oof. uncle Ben spoilers. And, uh, he goes <laughs> to the hospital and, um, everyone thinks he's dying. So like all of New York city lines up to like, say thank you to him in the hospital. And I just started, oh my God. Come I just started on. bawling my eyes out. <laughs> this story. Um, it's, it's just the, the, the thing about Spider-Man and Peter Parker in particular, is just that characters, the, the story around him and what he stands for. And the, like the, the quintessential like nugget of his myth is so good. And like you could do it in any time, any and it's just like it hits. Um, there was another great story. Anthony Falcone and Michael Cho did one where like this like like two bit mobster in a tracksuit like gets arrested, not gets gets caught by Spider Man like every year. Like <laughs> like he'll catch him, he'll go to jail, he'll come out, Spider will catch him again, and it's just like every and now he's old and he's like, why do you keep coming after me? And Peter Parker's like, because I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. It's just like it's like. <laughs> Such a Spider-Man story. And obviously one of the, the best stories is uh, Neil Gaiman and Steve McDivitt do a great, great one. Um, but it's like, it's just like Neil Gaiman talking about growing up, um, you know, uh, in the UK and loving Spider-Man and like, like his experience reading Spider-Man and like the collected quarterlies that they used to get, you know, overseas. And Spider-Man is like a character in Neil Gaiman's like recap of his experience. It's 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 just a really wonderful Neil Gaiman-y story. Um, but if you love Spider-Man, it's a fantastic anniversary issue. Great artists, great writers. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, uh, this past week, I read two graphic novels that I loved, and I'll talk about very quickly. The first was My Buddy Killer Croc uh, <laughs> by oh Sarah Farazan. Yeah, by Sarah Farazan, who I think is like a YA author. Um, DC has been doing these YA graphic novels and they bring bringing on like big name YA authors to come and write them. Um, so Sarah Farazan's one Nicolette, um, Nicoletta Baldari and Becca Carey are on art, um, and letters respectively. So my buddy killer croc is about exactly what you would think. Um, there's a young kid, his name's Andy. He's like a new school. He's at, he goes to a new school cause his dad's, you know, he's not, he's not too good. And he's off, uh, you know, he got he got caught and he's off in, you know, prison stuff for criminals. So he's getting taken care of by his aunt in a new town, in a new school. And he loves to draw, um, but he has he gets bullied a little bit. And he keeps thinking back to one of the highlights of his life, which was a couple of years earlier when his dad took him to see a wrestling match. And he saw Killer Croc kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> and he freaking loves Killer Croc after that moment. Um, so Andy oh, wow. sees on the news 
that Batman and Killer Croc had a spat in Gotham. And Andy's like, well, I live in Gotham now. Let me go find my buddy Killer Croc. And uh, it must be a misunderstanding. So he goes and finds Killer Croc. And they have some adventures together. And Andy, you know, he's quiet and shy and he might have not made the right mis- might, might might not have made the right move hanging out with killer croc um and obviously it's a coming of age story and lessons are learned and you know uh killer croc has some really fantastic moments in this in this graphic novel it's fantastic it really is it's it's wonderfully written the artwork from baldari is uh stupendous yeah it is, it is I'm looking so at it right good now. it yeah. is stylized it is exactly what you want from these kind of ya graphic novels like the dc ya graphic novels if they've done anything right in their kind of reimagination of these characters is that the artwork almost to a t has been fire for every single one unique dynamic interesting suited to the characters like i just love reading all of them really i've never i've not had a bad experience with any of them um even even Batgirl Oracle, <laughs> uh, which I know like <laughs> wasn't like the most accurate mm-hmm. rendition of the character for some of us, but I just loved it. I loved reading it. The murder mystery in the asylum. I thought yeah. that was so cool. But Gotham anyway, High. did you read Gotham High? I loved Gotham High, Chris. Yes, the Riverdale of <laughs> Gotham stories. Oh yes. Oh, I freaking loved it. Me too. When, when it was like when it was like, oh hi, I'm Bruce Wayne and I'm from Hong Kong, I was like, what? This is my and gay Damn. Uncle Alfred, who always <laughs> I, has a martini in his hand. <laughs> I lost my mind. Um, but anyway, uh, it's it, uh, my buddy Killer Croc is just another welcome addition to that line. Um, and the art is incredible. If Nicoletta Baldari does any art on any books from now on, I'll probably check it out because it's just so good. Um, and if you like Killer Croc or coming of age stories, check it out. Uh, Batman's kind of an asshole in this book too. So and <laughs> we're accurate, all different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the second graphic novel that I read uh, was called Everyday Hero Machine Boy. This was an image collection. Uh, this was by Tree Vong and Irma uh, Nevelia. Um, this one was really cool. It kind of felt like a throwback to like 10 years ago comics where it was like a lot of like machine boy coming of age stories in weird like post-apocalyptic things i don't know i just like it took me back it took me back reading this and the art's kind of very um stylized and cartoony i i just really enjoyed it so this is like machine boy falls from the sky to this city of mega 416 which is like this dome city and Machine Boy lands and like he's in his like rage mode after he lands and he does karate against this guy, this karate dojo master. And um, the karate dojo master unfortunately dies in the fight. But as he's dying, Machine Boy kind of like waken, awakens and like he like finds his heart in that moment. And then he ends up living with and being taken care of by the karate dojo guy's wife they're old like it's an old couple and i just like already i'm crying i'm like this old woman just lost her husband and now has to take care of this machine boy and then and then like machine boy goes to school and machine boy like you know has to like learn how to be human and machine boy has to like he becomes this huge fan of like the defenders of the city which is like this kind of k-pop band a la turning red and and it's just like like it's just like thing after thing after thing and you're like okay this is bizarre and weird and i love it it's just a a wonderful beautiful you know sentimental piece about this machine boy who has to find himself and find love and 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 make up for his mistakes upon coming here um 
similar to my my killer my killer croc my buddy killer croc um irma navilla's artwork is just i love it it's it's incredible um and i would recommend both of these books uh everyday hero machine boy which is from image and uh my buddy killer croc from dc bing bang boom I just downloaded Killer Croc. This looks amazing. It's so fun. <laughs> Why is it that the young adult books, even if they are riffing on the continuity we know, why do the characters seem more on model in these young adult versions than sometimes they do in the real books? I, I, think, I feel that way too. Because yeah. you're not trying to, maybe, but because you're also not trying to, with the, with the mainline books, you're always trying to like, you you come on as a writer and you're always trying to like do the new thing or like, mm-hmm. or like change the status quo yeah. or like do the thing that's going to move books and move the storyline and these YA books and the graphic novels and like some of those black label books too, like they're able to just take like the nugget of the story. Like I was saying with amazing fantasy, like amazing fantasy was like the most moved I have been in years reading Spider-Man. Yeah. And I've never been attached to any of the amazing Spider-Man mainline series. I've popped in here and there, read a few issues. Like some of the events, Spider Island was awesome. Like, I, like I've I've popped in, but it's it's like when you when when you get to just tell a story, as opposed to right. trying to change the status quo, move books off the shelves, and, and know and, the heart and mind of Spider Man, yes, and that reaches right. out to an audience who gets the same thing they do. Sure, wow. right. That's think, that's my take on it. Yeah, I think it's why Wayne Family Adventures is like the most accurate Bat Family story that's ever been written. <laughs> is they don't have all that pressure of continuity, like you're saying. They're not weighed down by what's going on. They can take it and leave it as they see fit. Ah, it all yeah. reads like fan fiction, which is inherently people who love the thing getting the soul of the thing right and ignoring all the details. Yeah, yeah. And really, like, the only book, and I know that, like, we, we got so close this week to not talk about any of the ex Krakauer books. But, <laughs> uh, but I the, the thing about X-Men is that so many of, like, the books before Krakoa, like, right before the Krakoa stuff, felt like it was just like trying to capitalize on the, the Claremont and the nineties stuff. And and it didn't really feel like it was new. Mm -hmm. The Krakoa stuff has been like new and exciting, which is like different from, you know, a lot of the books that are trying to like be something with the character that is so off character from it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. The the X-Men books is just a fascinating case to consider in this regard going mm-hmm. way way back the, the way back machine when john Byrne took over fantastic four his first issue title was back to the basics and that's what i think these books done well whether it's the ya one or what you're saying with the x-men books and the ones i've read for our best of last year certainly hued to that theme yes can you tell us the core of these characters yeah. Not all the barnacles that have been added on since, but what do these characters mean and mean to each other and mean to us in the audience? Yeah. And that that will resonate. That will always resonate. Yeah, yeah. I think that when people are put on like the mainline books, if you want to go for like a Batman or something like that, there's a certain amount of expectations that come with doing those flagship books. And there's a different like 
different permission settings for what you can and cannot do with a character. And I think that there's a lot more freedom when it comes to that DC line. I think they realized very early what they have with that based on like, especially with the sales, because those first couple of graphic novels, when they launched that line, they had a really, really good like out of the gate running. I remember some of the sales figures coming they, back for that and they were very positive. Well, the those Catwoman the books looks really right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll those tell are you the what. books that move. You go to like book, like that's why Ms. Marvel was so successful. Like it was those trades that move mm-hmm. like, yeah. and DC for all of their whatevers, like they have really buckled down on these young adult graphic novels. Like, I feel like there's a new one every like three weeks. Like there's just a new graphic novel out. And it's those are the ones that move and they sell. Really and you, you well. go into a store, whether it's the local comic shop or even the bookstore, and there's a wide selection of the entire run of those YA books. Yeah, because they're, sure. they're evergreens, as in the way Dog Boy or Raina Telgemeier or Making Friends, for that matter, right. are on the shelf to be bought and bought and bought because they're not tied into that monthly continuity. Yeah. You, could, you right. could pick up the book you just read or the one, the Sedana I read uh, a couple of weeks ago next week, next month, next year, five years from now, and it's still a great book one way or the other. I don't understand why Marvel has not Agreed. done that. And like, well, like I get it. Like they also have a hundred books on the stand every month. So like, I don't think they're hurting in that regard, but like in terms of, in terms of moving those books and moving those characters and catering to a different audience, like, there's no reason why some of these five issue miniseries that we're seeing on the stands couldn't have been repurposed and recollected as a as a as a trade as a graphic novel format. One I'm going to yeah, talk about rare. this week would, would definitely work in that YA format. Is it the Moon Girl one? Yeah, it would be yeah, awesome as, sure. as, as, a, as a five issue little digest size thing for five. Like this goofy, this goofy Miss Marvel team up book that you and I are reading by, yes. like by idea. ourselves. I think. Yeah, like I don't understand why it's like we have to keep buying these stupid one shots when it should just be like a Ms. Marvel team up graphic novel or something like that. Or a it's not tied. To, yeah, or a webtoon for that matter. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, stuff about Marvel printing off like stories like what we're getting. Is that uh, DC Zoom? Is that what it's called? That that arm of theirs that they print all those oh. books off of? I don't remember what it was called, but they were like, was it Ink? Are you talking yeah, about DC, DC? Back in the day, it was DCU and DC Ink. There was DC Ink for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know there's a DC Zoom. There has DC to be. Zoom, DC Zoom was a couple of years ago. Oh, was it? Oh my god, thinking, don't tell me that. I was thinking that uh, like Gotham High was um, DC Inc., but I might be making that up. DC Zoom was an imprint directed at middle grade readers. So you're right, Steve. Oh. In yeah. 2020, DC Zoom was replaced by DC Graphic Novels no, for Kids. for young adults. Yeah, that's, oh, what's that's the back it. of the Zatanna book. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Um, Joey, you totally talked me into my buddy Killer Croc. My buddy Killer yeah, Croc is so fun. It looks yeah, so good. I'm, I'm going to pick that up for sure. And I've, I've been posting a couple of images in the the chat. The The art for my buddy Killer Croc reminds me of this um, artist that I follow on Instagram. I can never pronounce their name. So I'm just going to say Pernilium, uh, even though that is not how you spell it. But uh, her artwork 
reminds me very much of the sample pages that I saw on Google for that uh, My and Buddy was- Killer Croc. That looks amazing. I can't yeah, wait to read that. I will That's be my it. extremely nerdy educator self and say, I just downloaded it from free from the Hoopla Library app. So if you have a library card, kids, you can download <laughs> it for free too. There you go. <laughs> Thumbs up. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun's not hard if you have a library card. Steve, I also think you would have a good time with um, Machine Boy. I know, but I'm trying to keep the amount of money that you're going to cost me <laughs> I down. I just got an arc of that but when I was at ALA and didn't read it before it came out, but I will be reading it. So. Bob cost me 35 bucks last week. Oh, did I? But I'll tell you, and I'll get to it in my lightning round, Ooh. some of the best money I've spent on comics in a long time. Nice. <gasps> oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, I'm... Oof. I had a good. I had a good time. Um, all right, let's see. Um, does anybody else have anything uh, for Joey? I'm trying to think of questions, but all I'm coming up with is dollar signs for what I'm going to spend <laughs> when this episode yeah, recording right. is over. I'm making little notes for myself, like my buddy Killer Croc, Robot <laughs> Boy, and then I have to remind myself that I already have all these written down because I have the outline. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll just bold them or something. Is it an outline or a shopping list? Uh, it's both. Yeah. <laughs> it's both. Um, all my yeah, recommendations are free. I'm, just saying not to like veer off into a whole thing, but like I've been having like a really weird relationship with comics over the last like little while. Um, particularly when I got COVID the last time, because I couldn't, I could not read. I sat down to get a bunch of reading done and just could not focus and couldn't do it. And I've been like, I don't know, like comic books had been my kryptonite for a little while. And then I read some stuff this past week that really jazzed me up and I'm, I'm totally back on board now. I got to say, dude, and, and Aaron and I kind of joke about it every week, but like the switchover in comicsology has really impacted my purchasing of new comics. Yeah. And I... I haven't been like, I thought I was going to be more upset about like not keeping up with a lot of the series that I was like keeping up with month to month, but I've really found much more excitement over the last couple of months going into DC infinite and Marvel universe and like reading back runs. Like I have had so much fun reading She-Hulk like the, the slot and now the Peter David run. And I've Mm -hmm. gone back and I've been reading the justice league that John recommended to me. Like, I've gotten so much excite, more excitement at, out of reading those than like trying to scroll through that comicsology page and finding the things that I need to catch up on and blah, 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 blah. Especially because yeah. I know that those things will be on those archive apps in yeah. a couple of months. Right. And so when I am on comicsology, the things that really appeal to me are things like my buddy killer croc, which are these like one and done, pretty reasonably priced graphic novels or trade format pieces that like I, I is going to be exciting and new. And I, I, if I like missed an issue, cause comiXology effed me over like cause I didn't buy it last month or whatever. I, I won't be that upset, you know? So like, yeah, it's just been kind of like my, my reading habit has shifted a little bit towards, towards that kind of stuff. I feel you. Yeah. Very much. Right. Yeah, Maybe you should write a letter like- to Comicsology. <laughs> they haven't Comics. changed. They <laughs> like they they came forward a couple of months ago and said, you know, we hear you. We're taking I your feedback. Yeah. We're doing this. We're doing that. I think we actually write it on the show. Yeah, and not a peep since wow. then. And that was a while ago. 
Dude, you know what my new problem is on comicsology? Let me tell you about comicsology. Let me tell you this. this. <laughs> so now when I'm scrolling through comicsology, for some reason, I don't know why, but when I scroll to the bottom of like one page, it'll just repeat the comics again Yo. that are currently Whoa. on this page. Yes, it It's does. crazy. Okay. So like I'll scroll through and it'll be like Captain America 4. And then I'll scroll down a little bit more and it'll be like, Captain America four. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, am I losing my mind or is it just, <laughs> is it just scrolling back? I, 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 I hate it. I hate it. So <laughs> my, one of my chief issues with comicsology as it currently stands, I have had the same tab open on my iPad since the, the day that that went live and they did the switch over. It is the same tab just roasting on my iPad because the minute that you click away from it and it ends up bringing you to some far flung portion of Amazon because you asked for the wrong thing. God forbid you're looking for something Batman. It's going to take you to every Batman water bottle and backpack (laughs) on the face of uh, Amazon. But like the minute that you navigate away from the comic book section, the part of that thing that sells you comics, it is so hard to get back to it just from like the interface and the menus and stuff that I always have to uh, hit the back button to go and find that original page that I loaded up all those months ago so that I can click around and get my books. I've not closed that tab since they launched it. It's a nightmare. It's, it's just, but but it has seriously impacted my reading habits. Yeah. To be honest, I think for the better, because I'm really finding some really cool stuff. But I do. I like uh, sometimes I'm like I missed a couple of issues of this series that I used to really love. So I don't know. Wonder how the publishers I, feel about this. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I hate trying to find anything. Like if you're not on the main page when I go through the new releases on Tuesday and Wednesday, it might as well not exist at all. Yeah. <laughs> trying trying yeah. to find it outside of that. Um, I'm being a little dramatic, but meh, not, you? not entirely. Not entirely. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Steve. Come on, I am the I am the picture of calm. That is mm. me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. I am not chaotic at all. Nope. This is I what am I'm order. saying. I'm sticking to it. And and I never yell at people to get off my lawn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never. We're, now we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you kids and your basketball. Exactly. Get off my lawn, you kids. (laughs) Shit. All right. Um, Bob. I got to get the kids off my lawn. Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) They actually are outside in the dark, but I used to do it too. So anyway. for them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Go kids, go. I say it every time, but Poison Ivy by G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Atsmani Elahu is simply one of the best books on the stands. Yes. Here in issue four, Pamela takes on a new job with some old troubles, including a new villain who's like head of human resources, makes a real friend, and confronts an ongoing enemy. That's all told with a depth of characterization in words, pictures, colors, letters that is absolutely stunning. Uh, Thankfully, there's more Poison Ivy to come. The X-Men Moon Girl one-shot finishes up Luella's, uh, Lunella's trip through the Marvel Universe, and it's her quest to rescue her friend Devil Dinosaur. The thing of it is, she'll have to get to the high evolutionary's counter-Earth on the other side of the sun in order to do that. 
since he's also stolen Wolverine's blood for, well, shall we say, nefarious purposes, uh, you know, Logan and Havoc are all in on the scrum. Mahali Mashagu, David Cutler, Marika Cresta, Jose Moran Jr., Rochelle Rosenberg, and Travis Lanham deliver just a, a wonderfully fun finale to this run, which ends on the good news that there'll be more Moon Girl, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur coming in December from writer Jordan Ifueko and artist Alba Glee. And the cartoon is coming. I think they even ran a trailer for it during the D23 we were speaking about. She-Hulk number six, Rainbow Roll, Luke Maresca, Rico Renzi, Joe Carmagna continues the, well, for me, much-needed return to form that Shulky needed very, very desperately after the last couple of years. This issue features some notable guest stars, and most happily for me, one of them is Patsy Walker, who joins hmm. Jen for Eat Cake and Fancy Dresses Wednesday, which is a thing I think we should all do. Absolutely. And, and we also get Andy the Awesome Android. <laughs> it's it's the, the now usual for this book, Perfect Blend of Humor and Heart, which makes the cliffhanger ending a perfect little romantic moment. And I'm not going to spoil it. Hopefully, Steve, you won't <laughs> either. <laughs> I, yeah, Wait. I'll try my best. Okay. Now, I've held up talking uh, about the, the next miniseries penultimate issue just because I want to see how it ended. And I got to say that I think Spider Gwen Gwenverse, number four and five, in this case by Tim Seeley, Jody Nishijama, Juan Fernandez, Fernando Cifuentes, and Ariane Mayer, it just completely stuck the landing for me. This wasn't a given, as this is the highest of high concepts, and it could have led to just more of a, I don't know, multi car pileup than a safe arrival. <laughs> but that just was not the case here. To quickly summarize, well, as much as I can anyway, but. A villain named Finale, who's a pop idol from the future, well, she's rewritten the multiverse just to get, well, more famous. And that has led to a fraction where Gwen Stacy's psyche has splintered across time and space and inhabited the bodies of many different heroes and heroines through all time and space. And so Gwen has to assemble her team of Gwen Vengers, sorry, to put everything <laughs> back into order. Now, that's certainly some cool comic booky stuff. What's what's more important though was that at the center of this was an explanation of Gwen's heroism, done by focusing on aspects of her mindset, each told as she becomes various heroes and heroines throughout the Marvel universe. Beautifully done throughout. This will be a spectacular trade read, and for those who missed all the singles. As we were just talking about, this would have been a marvelous young adult trade paperback, five issues worth. Ah, that's it for me. I'll, I'll start, <laughs> I'll start <laughs> ranting about this again, and it's just not going to be pretty. But anyway, that's it for me. I can't get over the double hit of greatness that is every week that Poison Ivy and She-Hulk come out on yeah. the same day. <laughs> yes. Both of these series are just knocking it out of the park. I love both of them so much. She-Hulk is without a doubt one of the best Marvel titles on the stands right now. Amen. Uh, and the same goes for Poison Ivy. Gia Wilson's Poison Ivy is so, it feels so personal. You know, like it's so, it's angry and and but you can kind of sympathize with Pamela mm -hmm. that's kind of always been my thing 
with oh, her yes. as I listen yeah. to her talk about the green and about the mm-hmm. way that we treat the planet. And sometimes she's like, she's mm-hmm. speaking gospel. I'm yes. like, yo. Yeah. As, as we say on Thursday, we support women's rights, but we support their wrongs too. I'm saying, like, you, you know, maybe maybe I deserve to be turned into a mushroom monster you know? for yeah. all that I've contributed. If she wanted to, I, I would say yes and thank you, ma'am. <laughs> I just, it made me realize how many different versions of Poison Ivy we've seen, like, even I've just seen over the past 10 years, like all the different styles that she's drawn, um, what she's been through and where she's at in this story. Uh, I loved seeing her connect with another person like this kind of in the midst of all this madness that she's Mm -hmm. spreading as she makes her kind of her road trip to enact her plan. Um, I love the idea in the story that like, I I'm, I have to assume that Batman's going to arrive and maybe have like some kind of a, a cure all for the damage done or whatever. But She's already sown so many seeds of chaos and destruction already just in the few issues that we've read that it really feels like she's going to win and there's no escape from this. Like, am Um, I the only one that feels that way? Yes and no. Here's the thing. If Batman shows up, I don't think it's going to be G. Willow Wilson who writes it. I don't think that's her vibe at all. I think who, who might show up is Harley. Yeah. And Pam will realize, as she says here in this book, how much she loves Harley. And that that will change her mind. Oh, that page. That page. page, Yeah, where she's monologuing and Harley's just kind of sitting off to the side and she waves to her as like business is being conducted, if you will. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's this is this is such an incredible story and such Chris, an incredible Chris, book. Have you, have you read this one? I haven't read this new issue yet. Okay. No, I'm behind. Uh, so it I, all I, times. I, won't, I won't spoil the line, but the the monologues that come down the page, you get to the bottom of the page and you'll be a wreck. Oh, <laughs> it's good. That good. It's oh, that good. I'm excited we'll look for forward that. To the look tears. forward to being an emotional wreck when you read this issue. But again, it's why we've read G. Willow Wilson's work now for all these yeah. years since air i guess but really for ms marvel for for most of us here my advice is to do what i did is to read poison ivy first and then immediately after go and read she hulk yes you should read she hulk because not only she hulk has been so absolutely stunning from the the moment it hit the shelves it's been so good we had a little bit of a hiatus now it's back i gotta tell you I'm going to admit something here on this show, and I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. I've never been like turned on by a Marvel book before. When I when I like is you know Steve entering his slut era too? I'm saying, like, when I sit down and like I read a few webtoons, like Let's Play gets a little saucy. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah. all right. I've been listening to the gay wolf book. Like I, you know, Ooh, like I'm boy. kind of Fan in the zone. Elf. <laughs> but like She-Hulk this week or this month, this issue, I won't spoil anything, but whoa, it started to get, it started to get hot up in there. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was like after the, the <laughs> She-Hulk issue that just aired, which is my favorite issue of the series so far. Yes. Um, but there was like, 
there was moments in that where I was like, whoa, like something's happening. And then I read <laughs> She-Hulk and I was like, God, she's doing it to me again. Like <laughs> okay, after that, says the caption. Yes, exactly. She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. She-Hulk is in, jump roping naked in that uh, issue oh, back in the 80s. Issue, issue 40. <laughs> Oh, wow. You had that ready to go. (laughs) Incredible, incredible character. All respect where it is due. She is sexy. She is a sexy character. And And loves being the She-Hulk. That's the the basis of this character. Absolutely. I just, I'm loving the Rainbow Rowell book, series, whatever, run, whatever you want to call it. I, I, it's just, it's, it's everything Mm -hmm. that I missed about having a She-Hulk book around but she has a way of taking characters that I really love and elevating them to new places. Like we were talking about, you know, new people coming in to work with these old characters and do their own thing. After seeing what she did with the Runaways, her being on on She Hulk, like I was so excited, and there has been zero disappointment for that run so far. The art, the the characterizations, just the way that it makes me feel when I read it. It's it's one of the best books of the year, I yeah. think. Oh, to me too. And and here, oh, Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say that's why once you're done, Gay Wolf book, you should switch over to Gay Wizard book by Rainbow Rowell. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> that's not the uh, White Trash Wizard or whatever. No, Park Wizard. Those are amazing too. But uh, Rainbow Rowell wrote the Simon Snow series, which was basically oh. her going. Uh, J.K. Rowling's a big old turf, so I'm just going to rewrite Harry Potter and make it gay. <laughs> I listened to the audiobook for the first book. Oh, on, it's uh, so good! Yeah, when we Isn't went to good? Ottawa, we listened to it. Yeah, I love it so much. There's three of them. They're amazing. Hmm. I wonder if I would like it more reading it than listening to it. I did. I, I will say, that was one I liked having a physical book of. I really, really struggle with um, like books on tape or whatever, yeah. like audio stuff, like audio books. I, unless it's, there's a theatricality to mm-hmm. what I'm listening to, unless there's sound effects and maybe a little bit of music and a little bit yeah. of like that kind of thing attached to it. Like a, like the Batman unburied podcast, right. something that's like produced to shit and like, you know, has its own score and stuff like that. I can really get engrossed in that when it's somebody just reading to me, I yeah. find it very difficult to focus. You should check out then um, uh, Daisy and the Six. It's an audiobook with a full cast narration and music about a, a band. It's like a mockumentary book, basically. Oh, and cool. It, I think you would like that a lot. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, now, does anybody else want to go? Well, go I, I want to chime in because you, you had mentioned Rainbow Roll and the whole Runaways thing to me. I caught her at the Comic-Con. Oh, and the way she, the way she described the work she did to get to know the characters, to do right by the characters themselves and the audience who love them. Mm-hmm. Once she was named that she was going to be doing She-Hulk, I knew I had a shot at getting my jennifer walters back oh and it's been i'm i've been reading her since her first appearance as the savage shield way back when and all the in-betweens including that famous issue 40 where she uh, uh, jumped rope naked um, <laughs> it, 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 it was a joke i i have to say that uh, john byrne had made a joke in a letters column that the book isn't selling and about the only way the book would sell is we had her jumping rope naked 
Yeah. And he decided, you know what? Okay. Did it? So, well, for the first three pages, you see her shoulders and legs and a bunch of speed lines. And then the editor of the book shows up to complain. <laughs> no, we can't really jump rope naked. It's a comics code book. We can't do that. Even Byrne wouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty special. So, so this run has been everything I wanted. It pulls from Dan Slott's and Peter David's and John Burns and Charles Soule's. It's just amazing. And I'm I'm really thrilled that we're going here. And I do have an audiobook recommendation for you, Steve. Okay. It's not that I've listened to it, but our friend Nikki did. It is the autobiography of Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark, called Yours Cruelly. I've been listening ah. to that, Bob. And she reads it herself and yes. tells all her own stories. Yes, I've been listening to it since you recommended it. <laughs> it's do you like goodie. it? I do. I love it. I love Elvira. Nice. Awesome. Who doesn't, after all? I'm sitting over here finding some She-Hulk jump roping art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. God, please. Wow. Couldn't, couldn't keep it. Jesus. No, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use it for the artwork this week, at least some of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're gonna use it. Artwork. You're gonna yeah. use it, yeah. he says. He's, he's gonna, gonna use it, Joey. He's gonna, he's gonna, gonna use go it in my show. special folder that you have to four digit password to get it. I told into. you it was Steve Slut era. <laughs> oh yeah. It never ended, baby. <laughs> All right. All um, these pictures are something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really are. Oh, and all I'm of you at, at the, home. I'm looking at the cover right now. Um, What's stalling? We've got 22 pages to fill. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, yes. Yeah, so the last thing I was going to say was that I think uh, Rainbow is creating something really, something really special with the new She-Hulk. I, I, I think that it's hopefully if they keep it around and you know, let her do what she intends with the character and with the story. Uh, we could end up with a really, really nice run uh, on our hands by the end. I think it's doing well sales wise. And with the, the show out right now, I think it, she's in for a while. I think she's going. That's fantastic. One second. Did I get it? Yes. There was a gnat that's been flying around my <laughs> office for like four days. I just killed it. Oh, I thought you meant the artwork that Chris just posted, but okay, that that's just <laughs> no. I have, I already have that. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, ooh, there's another one here. Oh, I can't post this one. <laughs> well, she, um, she, she go. I don't know if you can find the pages where you know Renee Winterstarter shows up and is complaining about her jumping rope. All right, I'm gonna it's the fourth maybe wall s- thingy. You know, s- stop objectifying. She can get on with this show. <laughs> Uh, does anybody want to give me some lightning here? Bang, bang. <laughs> I think you need to do that again. Bang, bang. Thank you. My baby shot me down. Oh, yeah, sorry. right? That was what was going <laughs> in my head. Hooves of death. Hooves of death. <laughs> Hooves of death. I read episodes one through 30. Story and art by Sam Bragg with edits by H.B. Klein. Yes. Hooves of death is so much more than My Little Pony meets The Walking Dead. It is both of those things, but it's also got killer gnomes, vampires, cryptids, and apocalypse demons. Mm-hmm. 
Chris made this sound like so much fun on our last episode, and I wanted to throw my hat in the ring for this as well. It's very funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And it also offers a little bit of drama as well, especially when characters don't see eye to eye and harsh decisions about where they need to travel next need to be made. Uh, Yeah, you get some nasty looks in those moments. Uh, (laughs) Plus, it's magical horse central in Hooves of Death. Uh, If you're a fan of animated horses, as I am, in general, like (laughs) Captain from 101 Dalmatians or Maximus from Tangled or what's the other one I'm thinking of? Mr. Um, No, I'm sorry. The one from uh, Road to El Dorado? Alanthea from The Last Unicorn. Ah, yes. Mr. Horse from Jane Foster. Mr. Horse. Um. You're gonna dig this. You're gonna you're gonna love this a lot. Hooves of Death. It's a webtoon. It's really good. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, a little bit of um, like Emperor's New Groove humor yes. and look to the horses at times. What's the what's the Blaze? I think is the fire horse. Right. Yeah. Um, he's definitely channeling some Kuzco energy uh, so in the right. art at certain <laughs> times. So um, super fun. There's like a hundred and something episodes of it. I'm going to keep going with it. It's yeah. great. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So thank you for turning me on to that. Glad I could. Hooray. The hooray. Least, hooray. The least we could do. Number one, created by Alaza Romboli and Iolanda Zanfardino. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sure. No, no, I got it. I just, I practiced it earlier. Uh, and did really well. And then I did it just now. And, you, well, you were there. Uh, <laughs> you may recognize Eliza and Iolanda's names from titles like Alice in Leatherland, which Sarah had loved, and A Thing Called Truth, which I loved and talked about, I think, earlier this year or maybe late last year. I'm not really entirely sure when that happened, but I did read it and I did love it. The least we could do centers around a young woman in search of an underground resistance group. Actually, you know what? Let me start from the top. A long, long time ago, (laughs) in a far-off land, a group of ordinary people discovered a magical material they called the medium. The medium contains mysterious powers that, when focused, could change the world for the better. However... What happens when ordinary people gain even a tiny bit of power? Government man swoops in and takes the power for themselves. Uh, Government man is my overall character for everything evil in the world and controlled by the government. This is not the actual name of the (laughs) antagonist in this book. We just called him the man back in the day. My my friend Brendan gave me government man years ago and I fell in love with it. So I use it now. Um, Okay, you wanted world peace, you want prosperity, and a meal in every hungry belly? Well, too bad. Government Government man has stolen the medium from the people and continues to rule with an iron fist. Surely, someone has to make government man eat shit, right? That's where our young protagonist comes in. She's got an idea that could turn the tide in favor of the people, but she's going to have to travel way outside of her comfort zone to do it. The least we could do is a top tier queer action fantasy with engaging artwork, characters that feel like they could jump right off the page and more than enough reasons to keep reading. 
beyond Y and the C government man go down faster than insert inappropriate euphemism here. Uh, I really, really like this a lot. Action fantasy books with interesting lore and intriguing characters and artwork that screams personality is my jam. So I want to thank uh, Iolanda for sending this our way. She reached out to us and uh, sent a review copy that I got my paws on and read. I sincerely apologize if I'm getting your the pronunciation of your name wrong. Um, if you listen to this show at all, you'll know that I'm notorious for it. It's kind of a rite of, a pas- rite of passage, so enjoy. Um, <laughs> I really, really encourage people to go and check this out. Um, the artwork is out of control. The story and characters so far are really engaging and really cool. I love the world. I like the setup and um, their stories tend to go to some pretty deep places. And by the end the book has had something to say. So uh, that is the least we could do. Number one, I'm going to keep going with it. Uh, least we and check can it out. do or least we could do. I'm looking right now as we go. The least we could do. Okay. Are you finding it? I see least we can do by Yolanda Zanfordino and Alyssa. All right, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm getting it wrong then. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. Bob. Wasn't no, me no, this week. <laughs> no, no, no problem. It's just, it's just that people want to look for it because they're aware. Yeah, no, absolutely. The I definitely I can don't do want to because I found fourteen other things. The least we could, man, I can't. Believe. Least we can do. Okay, I think you might be correct. I've been sitting at my desk since Wednesday, so my I don't mean, I don't mean to correct you on air, but I'm I'm thinking of no. Our listeners. No, hey, so. look, I want to get it right because it comes out this week. Yes, it does. As we speak, it's on your shelves. And it looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. All right, Batman number 127, written by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Jorge Jimenez. Colors by Timo Moray and letters by Clayton Cowles. The Batman of Zurin Ra, I believe is how that's pronounced. Yes. Sure. Basically, Batman without Bruce Wayne. uh, Minor spoilers, story spoilers for Batman 127, if you haven't read it. uh, Created Failsafe. Failsafe is this just balls-to-the-wall robot, crazy strength, crazy speed. Basically, if anything is capable of taking down the Batman... It is fail safe. There's this bat robot that's been built by Zurin Ra as a weapon against Batman should Batman get out of control. All right. That never uh, happens. Come on. No. Uh, the comic includes some amazing character and teamwork between Batman and Tim Drake. That dynamic between between yeah. them continues to be incredible. I think Chip Zdarsky is doing a really great job at making their relationship complicated, but also feeling like there's a lot of love there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of friction, but it's it's like team building friction, you know, like yes. calling Bruce out on his uh, on his stuff and being like, you know, when did you stop being Bruce Wayne and you're only the Batman twenty four seven? You need yeah. to like, we've been telling you for a while that you need to dial that back and you just, you keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And now you like, even your own tech thinks that you've gotten out of line and is coming to kill the both of us, mainly you. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, there's a killer moment. Have you read this, Chris? I am not on the current issue of any comic that is in the stands. So, okay. <laughs> but I'm, so, I'm I am just I'm surprised that you're it. you're not reading this for the uh, the Drakeness. I am reading it for the Drakeness, but I am not current because of the poorness. So. Okay. <laughs> um. So there's a killer moment. I'm not spoiling too much. Like there's a killer moment when Bruce declares his love for Tim. That is really powerful yeah. and awesome. I think you actually posted yes. art from that. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's Jimenez. The art is positively ridiculous, especially the moments when Batman or Robin are beating the gears off of failsafe. Those pages are really impressive. They're using like almost like lightsabers to fight this thing and kind of the the blur effects that the the trails uh, from this thing leaves when they swipe up with their swords or whatever. Uh, it just looks really impressive as all the sparks yeah. are flying off of failsafe and they're getting their butts kicked and their, their costumes are torn and everything. Uh, it just looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. This has been a hell of a way for Zdarsky to open his run. It's been a hundred percent hit the ground running since it started. He hasn't taken his foot off of the gas yet. And I, I'm stoked for every issue. Like this issue went by for a day or two and I was like, eh, do I want to read it yet? Nee. And then once I did get to it after John had said something, I was yeah. like, well, John's read it. No, I've got to read it. Um, and it really just blew me away. Yeah. It's, it's only three issues in and it's already a really, yeah. really outstanding run from Chip Zdarsky and, and his entire team. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree and I love it. So I wanted to clarify that I'm not not reading it because I don't love it. Chip Sadarsky is one of my favorites. You know, he was the one that made Jughead asexual. So I trust him with my life. Um, but uh, truly, but I, I usually because in here, like DC Comics is making everything so much more expensive. At this point, I just wait for it to be in the library app a few weeks later or on DC Unlimited. And I, I can't read anything that isn't, which is why Webtoons is what's keeping me in comics right now right yeah i get that mm -hmm. well if you need if you need anything batman let me know stuff that's on the stands i'll uh i'll make it happen you have a hookup steve do you know a guy <laughs> he knows alfred he knows alfred really well. oh right? if you know alfred please hook me up listen pennyworth <laughs> didn't really die he just came to live with me oh my god he's in canada <laughs> yep <laughs> It's a secret he, tunnel between Gotham and Canada. I knew it. <laughs> He's living out his dream of becoming a maple farmer. Aw, <laughs> good for Go him. Gotham's in New Jersey, y'all. It's a very long tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out right after, right after the border. <laughs> Wednesday, right out of the Peace Bridge. Yeah. All right. I feel like probably Harley is the one who dug it, just to be clear. It's not an official tunnel. <laughs> with with a hammer. Yes, yeah. with a hammer. Amazing. Uh, last, but certainly, certainly not least, Fantastic Four, Full Circle, Ooh. Words and Art by Alex Ross. Firstly, this book is way up there alongside Wonder Woman Historia number one as one of the most stunning comics in recent years. This book is like just a force to be reckoned with visually. Uh, I was freaking out with every page. Absolutely loved it. I've, I've seen a lot of Alex Ross throughout the years, but never quite 
this much in one go with characters that I really have grown to love a lot. And, and this was, this was a real treat. Um, I really enjoyed the classic feel to the characters and the story. Uh, the whole team was completely on model as far as I could tell. And the nature of the mission felt like something out of the 1960s. This book does a fantastic job at recreating that vibe. You can feel it in every page. I had just watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder again. Bronwyn hadn't seen it and it's on Disney Plus. So we went to go and watch it again. And so I had Thor's dialogue, like another classic Thor adventure uh, in my head the whole time I was reading this, where I was sitting there and to myself and I'm just like, another classic, fantastic Thor adventure. Because that's what it really did feel like. Um, I think this is the first Fantastic Four story I've ever read that includes Annihilus uh, in some way or another. Wow. Yeah, I realized reading this that I uh, have I have no idea what that character's deal is. Uh, did not expect them to be as large as they were when you turn that page. And I was like, what is happening? This is like another Galactus type situation. Um, and I don't remember that being the case. I've seen no. Annihilus no, like in their particular way of entering the negative zone was a little different than usual. So I think that's where we're at. So right, you were right to uh, be what? Huh? Who? How? Yeah. I loved the nightmare stuff too. I, I got some hardcore John Carpenter vibes from mm-hmm. the start of this story. The mysterious stranger breaking into the Baxter building, the body breaking apart, spewing nightmare alien creatures everywhere. It was very the thing. And oh. I, I loved it. Um, especially with some of that uh, Alex Ross artwork, particularly for the thing who just, Something about Alex Ross doing rock, rock and flame. Um, both Johnny and and Ben Grimm were particularly impressive uh, throughout this uh, book. And Sue Sue actually looked uh, great as well. Um, this book, this story, really drove home the idea for me that Reed is very much responsible for a lot of suffering across the cosmos. He's very quick to help. But he also like puts people directly in danger. Like in this book, he's like, "We're going to the negative zone," but he wants to test one of his theories. So they're gonna go into the negative zone in a particular place and time or whatever, and they wind up in like this giant, like this huge danger all around. And he's over there going like, "Oh, I knew this would happen." <laughs> Like, like, why? Thanks, Retro. <laughs> why, dude? Like, you could have chosen a better vantage point. You could have surveyed the situation before going in. And he's like, they get there and they're screwed. And he's like, wow, I knew it. Like, oh my God, Reed, what is your problem? <laughs> um, but that's Reed. Reed is Reed is a complicated man. He means well. He's just really absorbed in everything that he's trying to figure out around him. Uh, I absolutely just loved this so much. Uh, I, I I blew through it in no time. It was so much fun. I would read it again, and and I highly recommend it. It's um, fantastic for Full Circle. I have one more question. Hmm. Whatever happened to the Mole Man? Where is he? Underground, bro. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> but like, 
has he been in any of the comics in the last little while, like uh, through all of Slot's run? I feel like it's been ages since we've seen he him. He popped up. Didn't he pop up in the first issue of Slot's run? I think so. Am I think, because he's am in I the first issue else? of FF. I think that may be the last time we saw him, though. So that's four years ago, I guess. I don't know why, what it was that triggered it, but I thought of the Mole Man when we'll I was get, done we'll reading the, this. Uh, we, we, uh, he's a classic villain. He's been in so many great stories. It would be lovely to see him again. Maybe if Alex had done the book, we'd have seen him. I feel like Ryan North could write a great oh. Mole Man. Well, he did. I would not he be did, surprised. He did in Squirrel Girl, didn't he? Oh, bring him yes, back. Yes, 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 he did. Bring him back. Ugh. So good. All right. Um, very so happy. You, very happy you found a copy of Full Circle. It is not everywhere. Yes, I, uh, I, I, I talked to my guy, and uh, I got a copy. Guy. Just like I got a guy for for some DC stuff. <laughs> I you gotta um, hook me up with this guy. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk. We'll talk mm. off there. Mm. Scandalous! No, oh, wait, um, wait. That turns. That took a turn. <laughs> yeah. So, Hooves of Death is is absolutely amazing. You'll laugh yeah. your ass off. Everybody should read it. Yeah. Uh, the least we can do. Number one is also uh, worth a go. And Batman, Batman is just Batman. Mm, you're either you're Make Batman, Batman, Batman Ace. Batman. You've done it before. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if nobody has any questions or comments mm-hmm. about anything, we can move on here. Love it. What is the plan? The plan is to go through these news things really quick. We got about an hour until Joey turns into a pumpkin. <laughs> so well, we let's make it. To, <laughs> let's try to uh, to get through these quickly. Uh, I don't know that we have everything on here. But we're going to hit some of the highlights. We already said earlier in the show, uh, Mark Shackman of WandaVision fame is confirmed as the director of Fantastic Four. That was the only Fantastic Four news (laughs) that they shared at uh, D23. Yes, seriously. (laughs) That's all you needed. That's all you needed. I Look, I read your messages to the group, and I support you, and I understand, and I agree. (laughs) I'm just still mad about it. (laughs) They feel like they gave us so little. I want to know. Like 20 minutes before that presentation started, there were pictures, like doctored pictures going around of (laughs) things. And I'm like, this hasn't happened yet because I would know about it because I literally have a guy on the floor talking to him right now. Like, so I would know. (laughs) Watching people get upset about the fake cast that get posted on Twitter is my favorite thing. But how how delicious. (laughs) Hold on. How delicious would it have been if Henry Cavill was cast as Dr. Doom as one of like the biggest middle fingers to the whole DC situation? And and it could still. Look, I the thing that really – when all of the I love getting into the the rumor stuff. It's it's always fun, but I right before D twenty three. I don't know if y'all saw it, but someone somewhere was like, "Scoop! I got a scoop. Here's this list of nine actors that Marvel yeah. has at D twenty three, and it was like Denzel Washington and so on. <laughs> I, I, I was like, in what? 
multi-universe is this <laughs> actually gonna so like and, and look the the rumors and fantastic four and x-men like i get it i want that too for sure 100 percent. but but i'm not gonna be mad about it not happening you know because <laughs> because like well, i also understand yeah. yeah i also understand like this company is not beholden to my random ass tweets <laughs> like I, it doesn't matter and the movies are so far out now and I, I i was but whatever you know rumors are rumors i'm i was kind of upset because like amid all of the like the twitter backlash like no fantastic four news no x-men news who's playing so and so what whatever new avengers i was like yeah like no new avengers no young avengers like all this stuff in my head i was like we got secret invasion footage, the, the the Marvel's footage uh tore up, you know, the Black Panther stuff, Ironheart, like like everything upon everything that they did do actually sounds really cool, but it's kind of overshadowed by and the video game stuff, Steve, that you're gonna talk about. Like yeah. that stuff is really cool, but we're all just caught up on like, well, they didn't X-Men. tell me they didn't <laughs> tell me who's playing, you know, Professor X five years from now. And Listen, it's like, bro. <laughs> you Weren't up until two thirty in the morning writing a well, shell article, uh, for trying to predict that stuff to get listen, ready, wasting no, your hey, precious time. You, were, you I, weren't knee deep in archive of our own, ready to write a fic about the new X Men cast. <laughs> We've I all get suffered. It, I get it. We've I get all it, suffered. But anyway, <laughs> what I did hear coming out of D twenty three, which I, you're, you'll go over in a second, I just uh, I actually liked a lot of, mm-hmm. of what I heard, especially with the Cap movie and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like these, these highlights that we pulled, this is all really exciting stuff. So, um, yeah, let's, I guess let's, um, let's go through some of these other quick hits here. Um, so they didn't announce much for Captain America, new world order. They did debut a new logo for the movie and they announced that, uh, so Tim Blake Nelson is coming back as the leader. Who is the leader? Major oh, Hulk bad guy. He's the brains versus the Hulk's brawn. Giant Literal, he's got a big head. head. Yeah. Big green head. Oh, wait a minute. He's got a goatee and a big green head. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he have like yeah. white hair? Uh, he has like no hair because his head is so big. <laughs> wait a minute. What? His forehead is so huge you can barely see his hair. It's a so head. who who was he in? The Incredible Hulk, then was Sam he like Stern, Sam Stearns, the guy who's trying to cure Bruce, who gets gamma junk dripped on his head, and his head starts to pulsate, and he smiles near the oh end. Of the very, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot this was even Tim Blake Nelson. This didn't look like him for a second. Well, that movie was fourteen years ago. Right. I I cannot. Whenever I hear his name or know that it's him, I cannot not picture. His Delmer character. Oh, brother, where, oh art brother where art thou? That is the first thing I think of when I think of this guy. We thought you was a toad. Yep. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Tim Blake Nelson is like one of those journeyman actors who I love in every movie he's ever been in. Yeah. Well, fop, goddammit, I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> yeah. But also um, that um a lot of it, like if you're a fan of the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it seems to be continuing out of there, like bringing back Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley yes. and Danny Ramirez, who is like the hottest man right now in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> like he is very attractive, that man. And he came out with like his sleeveless like robe and his oh, hair slicked back. Right. And I was like, okay, Danny Ramirez, let's go. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it's an almost oh. perfect looking movie. I would agree. I know. There's one thing missing for Chris, I know. <laughs> Look, yeah. I was having a really bad weekend and I saw that and I was like, I hate you now, Marvel. <laughs> it's not. You never know. He might show up. He, if he, he's not going to be a main character, which is really all I want. <laughs> what if, what if, like the opening of the movie is like Sam's like getting his shield and he's suiting up. And he's like, all right, I got to go to work. And Bucky just like walks out of the bedroom. <laughs> in in, like, in a bathroom. Like, <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> Sam's in the shower. He steps out. Bucky's still in the shower. <laughs> just like what pokes his head around the corner. No lines. He's just, he's just covered with the shield and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> You're all just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> Don't forget this. <laughs> If that was if that's his only cameo, I'll take back everything I said. <laughs> the after credit uh, sequence. The after credit sequence is up. just, just them after, after the mission is over, Winter Soldier taking the shower, and then out of the steam, <laughs> just emerges. Chris to the theater. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, yes, first of all, beautiful. And I know I'm I am somewhat being dramatic, you know, like Steve. Hi <laughs> um, about this, but I do think it is a trend with Kevin Feige. Like when there is a big couple that emerges in the fandom, he separates them. That's what he does. And it it is on par with a lot of the homophobic stuff that he's done in Marvel. And it just gets under my skin like a lot. So it did really genuinely bug me, but also I just want to write fanfic about it. So please. <laughs> Both things can be true. <laughs> well, we've got quite a bit of time before this comes out. This is a 2024 film, so yeah. we got a little while until. This I mean, one comes maybe out. he'll announce that they're doing another season of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and that I will forgive everything by then. But I doubt it. Oh, you never know. Maybe. Um, let's move on to the Thunderbolt news. So uh, we've obviously we've known about Thunderbolts for a while. It was confirmed uh, a couple couple months ago, I suppose. Anyway, they revealed the team for this movie. This is going to be Florence Pugh. Does she have a proper name in the uh, thing besides Yelena? Yelena Belova. Okay, she's not like White Widow or anything like that. Well, she's. I mean, she's she's in Hawkeye. They call her a Black Widow assassin. Yeah, yeah, they haven't really given her a name. Name. All right, so Yelena Belova. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sebastian Stan, obviously Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Harbour's Red Guardian. Love it. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. Allegra. Uh, sorry, Just Valentina to- Allegra de Fontaine. Fontaine. Yes, queen. Um, <laughs> who, for a long time in the press room, everybody thought was Bing Na Wen, which is a whole thing. Yep. And we're not going to get into that. <laughs> nope. Yikes. 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 Um, Wyatt Russell is coming back as U.S. agent. <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> mm, what you call I, I... Go ahead. What'd you say? Joey. I said Fapton America. Fapton yeah. America. Damn it. I already have an episode title. I do, for the record, love this actor. He's great. It is not his mm-hmm. fault that I hate that character so much. Should, oh, it is his do. fault, and it was your it was his, it was job. his job. I know. He was he just got a lot of like legitimate hate from the fandom, which was unfair because he's just being a really good actor. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the Draco problem all over again. Is the Draco all over again? That's right. Ugh, and, who, and who else is coming back? Um, 
I can't. Oh man, I was at Olga uh, Olga Karolenko, Karolenko. Uh, Karolenko right. as uh, Taskmaster and Hannah yeah. John Kamen as Ghost. Cool. Yeah. Which it does that was a really cool movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, lie. It's just Black Widow two, basically, is what yeah. this is. Yes. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I'm trying to Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts. Either way, um, I want to know who is in charge of the whole thing. Yeah, who's behind Valentina, right? I saw Bucky was in charge. Bucky's never in charge. No, I think Yelena's the leader. (laughs) The leader, but who's behind? Uh, Like, who's behind Valentina is what you're saying. Mm. Exactly. Is it Norman? Is it Hydra? Is it Hydra? It could be anyone. And that's what's going to be the fun, I think, to experience. What, what is it the is... leader? Is Thunderbolts coming out before or after? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jake Schreier directed film uh, will close out phase five of the MCU on July 26th, 2024. Oh, so okay. this is post Captain America. Hmm. Yes. Cool. I don't know. Thunderbolts has never really been my jam. I love these characters though, separately. Yeah. So I, I'll be interested to see. I, I do think it's Taskmaster, Red Guardian, Valentina, um, and Yelena, and obviously Bucky is there too. It is probably going to feel like just a sequel to Black Widow. Yeah. Which I'm not necessarily opposed to because I do like those characters and I do like some of the the mythos that that movie set up and the mm-hmm. tone of it. Mm-hmm. Um it's, it's just – it is the weirdest thing on the Marvel docket, Thunderbolts mm-hmm. is. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. I, I need them not to follow – again, the, this is just a rumor. Don't do the Yelena Bucky thing, please, for the love I of would, God. I would hate it. I would hate it. <laughs> She's also canonically asexual. Canonically I have ace. so few things in this world. Let me have this. <laughs> canonically ace. And the one thing I have in this world, Chris, is yes. Bucky Nat. That is <laughs> yes. a good – you know what? I am a hardcore Sam Bucky fan, as you know. But I do actually like Bucky Nat, too. So Bucky I, Nat I'm from – I'll give you I'll give you Sam Bucky – in the TV, in the films, right? But in the comics, well, but in the yeah. comics, it's Bucky Nat. Yes, forever. Yes. So, uh, writing credits on this thing are Kurt Busiek and out. yeah, and Eric Pearson. Eric Pearson wrote Thor Ragnarok, Black Widow, Ooh. Godzilla versus Kong, Agent oh. Carter. Yeah. So. And since Busek created the Thunderbolts all those years ago. Oh, that's why. I was like, why is Kurt Busek on this? Yeah. That's exciting. That actually sounds really good. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. I think the, I mean, there's a bunch of uncredited stuff. Um, He worked on Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Uh, Pacific Pacific Rim Uprising to bring it all back. Wait, that's that's the bad one. Yeah. That's the bad one. Uh, Ant-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, he was um he was the fixer. He was the script doctor on these things. Mm. Uh, po- Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Come on, wow, best movie of come the on century. <laughs> come on, good, yeah, that's a good resume. <laughs> All right, yeah. Thunderbolts coming yeah. at you live in a uh, thousand years, twenty twenty four. Um, how do you pronounce this gentleman's name, Joey? I, I know you know because you told about. me. Uh, is it uh, Ki uh, Hui Kwan? Oh, Ki Hui Kwan. Oh, I did it. Yay. Yeah. Uh, like joining Hoi. the cast of Loki season two. What? Loki. It's like, it's like Hoi, Hoi. 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 Ki Hoi Kwan? Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. The yes. Goonies, other things. 
uh, joining the cast of Loki season two. And apparently the, the fan reaction to the Loki footage that they showed yeah. was very, very well received. Cool. Yes. So Tom Hiddleston, man, what Oof. a guy. What a dude. <laughs> guy's just been kicking in in the Marvel movies for over a decade. He's loving his life. Do you know do you know the story about how <laughs> when the show was starting to film, he did like a just impromptu class on the history of Loki for all of his co-stars that wanted to come. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love him so much. That's amazing. Almost was like, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> right. exactly. Tom, Tom Hiddleston's t- TED Talk on yeah. Loki. I would love to hear it. I wish somebody had recorded it. Ugh. He's oh, just like wow. the, I didn't he's, know that. Wow. He's like the biggest Loki stand, and I love that for him. Yeah. Here's a question for the group. I asked this online. I got a couple of responses, but I want to know. Hmm. Ever since Owen Wilson came back, right? Like he disappeared for a little while. He went through a little bit of a hard time right. and then he came roaring back. Do you think that he has like a no wow clause? In his contracts, because I haven't heard him say the magic words in a long time. He did it in Midnight in Paris. That was that was before. That was that, that was, was like, pre. Yeah, th- that was really? pre hiatus. Yeah, yeah. I think that was right after. Uh, yeah, I, I know, hate maybe. that. That's a uh, what's his face movie. Yeah, I know. Woody Allen Woody, movie. Woody Allen Woody movie. Because yeah. I, I really do like that movie, but I, I hate too. that it's a Woody Allen movie. I know. I can't yeah. ever watch it again. But I sure did like it before. I knew all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have to. Uh, last thing I saw him in, uh, she's funny that way, which is what twenty nineteen. Hmm. Peter Bogdanovich movie. Wow counts in that. I think there's a wow in that. Okay. <laughs> also has Catherine Hahn in it. Oh. Imogen Poots. Did oh. anybody see the movie that oh, he no, did with J-Lo last sorry, year? Oh, no. I wonder further. if he says wow in that one. Oh, I'm sure he hmm. does. Hmm. I, want I, I, I can't think of it, Steve. I'm like trying my hardest to think the last time Listen, I heard him say it, it. If any of you out there are <laughs> aware <laughs> of a recent, uh, a recent Owen Wilson wow, please write in, let us know. Um, I'm literally I'm, googling what movies does Owen Wilson say? Wow, I have the I have. The oh my wow. god! Somebody else has searched it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I have the Wow YouTube compilation saved on my bookmarks. There's a Screen Rant list. <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, how does it go? I'm gonna look. I'm looking. All right. While you're looking at that, we're uh, we'll he does about- it in Loki. I must yeah. have missed that. He does. Yeah, he does. He does it in the French Dispatch, Night at the Museum. So yeah, he's still doing All right. it. He's still All right. doing it. The wow. Listen, it's not as happening. like it's not as like wow. It's like it's like kind wow. of in the banter kind of thing. Yeah. Well, he's got you know, there are different different degrees right. of, of there's the nuances wow. to his Six wow. Degrees yeah. of wow. Okay. You know, it's like different outfits that he puts on. Exactly. <laughs> the winter wow. <laughs> the winter wow. All right. Listen, Owen Wilson, I'll give you five dollars every time you slip a wow into your new movies or television shows. I I would gladly do it. (laughs) I would go broke for you, Owen Wilson. Um, So we didn't get a whole lot of trailers for D twenty three, but we did get two that um, I'm very I'm Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. That looked really fun. So I've heard that this is a comedy, which yes. is interesting considering yes. the tone of the trailer. I thought it trailer. seemed like a comedy. Yeah, but like it's got this 
grindhouse. Like a monster. It's like it's camp, though. Camp. It's camp. Yeah. Yeah. It looks real good. Is what I'm saying. Like for for knowing absolutely nothing about what this was going to be, what it was going to look like, or whatever, and then they drop this trailer that gives you so much of the flavor of that thing. Is I'm so ready for this. I think this is coming out October seventh, so we don't even have that long to go. It's in less than a month. And black and white, yeah, it's Universal thirties, yeah. forties. It's amazing. I know so that it cool. is based on a comic that I have not read, but is it related to the game Werewolf? Because it seems very similar. Does anyone know um, the game I'm talking about? I do know the game you're talking about, but I don't think so. Well, because it was the same deal. Like the trailer at least was like you close your eyes and one of you is a traitor. And that's literally the card game Werewolf. So I was kind of confused by that. I don't know. I would be, you know what? You can get I'd- into some... Uh, some plagiarization. So according to the internet, Owen Wilson does not say wow in Loki. Well, then why did Screen Rant have it? Because according to my internet. That was, a, that was a misleading. Actually, in that Screen Rant article, huh. that was a misleading table because there's no <gasps> number next to Loki. And the number oh, no. indicates how many times he says it. <gasps> Very misleading. That's Very a misleading table. table. Very misleading why table. Why do that? Stupid. Do they not understand that I'm definitely not reading the whole article? <laughs> they definitely, they definitely know how to, don't know how to make tables. Oh, boo! Anyway, okay. Werewolf by Night looks awesome. Um, I do wish Elsa. It's black and white, so you can't tell. But I do wish Elsa had her trademark like red hair, high ponytail, Ariana yeah. Grande thing look going on. Oh, yes. But uh, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a ton of fun. I also love the like 1970s throwback special presentation like title card at the top of it um i like i thought that was fun yes it was real fun mm-hmm. and bob you're obviously on board yes well well into that absolutely now Excellent. is this i want this werewolf card game is that the werewolves within thing they made a movie of or is that something oh no, i know the werewolf card night. game yeah the one night werewolf yeah that's not it that's okay. not it it's, it's a, a game it's, it's a game similar. where you have to lie and that's i hate so fun. lying oh games. yes no i've actually played that yes i love okay. lying oh. games it's one of my I hate favorite lying. things i hate <laughs> lying because when i lie i smile and it's oh, bad because now no one's it. no one's no one's masked up anymore, so now everyone can tell when I'm lying to them. It's just awful. I, I love teaching it to children. That's part of my corrupting the youth agenda. Jesus. <laughs> Have you ever played um, Secret Hitler, Chris? No, what? It's, it's that game, but with wolves. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. okay. There's also yeah. a superhero version of it that's very fun, where it's superheroes versus villains, and each one has powers. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. I love Werewolf. I play it like every time I babysit my nibbling, so I'm big into the werewolf lore. I could swear <laughs> that this was also a mobile game. It, it, is. it is, yeah. Cuz okay. online on the on the phone that's when you get like the sound effects and the yeah. narrator You've and all that stuff. But it's also a card game. It. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Play werewolf. It's fun. Did you Joey, did you ever play Betrayal House at Haunted Hill? Yeah, no. I hate all of those <laughs> games. <laughs> Me just asking if you played games that you hate. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love like, that game. Like, my friend, a group of my friends loves those tabletop yes. games and everything, and they freaking love Werewolf and Betrayal. Betrayal is so good. And all of that. And I just like, I don't want to betray any of you, so I'm not playing this game. But how do you how do you know which of your friends you can't trust if you don't play these games? <laughs> I don't trust anyone, period, so it doesn't matter. Then you're perfect for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
you got you've got to size up all your friends by playing games where you can betray them. <laughs> yeah, we oh, we should do uh, we should do thirsty on tabletop games at some point because I could talk about this forever. <laughs> oh, I'd be down for that. Yes, please. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on here. Uh, another trailer. They dropped the trailer for Secret Invasion. Hell yeah. I think this looks awesome. I didn't know yeah. what to expect. This is a six-episode miniseries uh, coming from Kyle Bradstreet. He has worked on such things as Mr. Robot, uh, Berlin Station, huh. Copper, oh, and huh. uh, something called Alice Isn't Dead. That's oh, my God. Out. Really? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the the no, sapphic no, in me came flying out. <laughs> Gay <am> media. <laughs> It looks really good. I saw. I, I saw love a Alice trailer is for not it. dead. That that um, narrative podcast is everything. It's from the Welcome to Night Vale guys. Yes, oh, it's so good. Uh, he also worked on the Philanthropist and Borgia. So this is so, a very interesting tone that he has in his movies. Yeah, for I mean Marvel. the trailer. The trailer's like Nick Fury coming back from space and just being very un Nick Fury, real weirded out, real disturbed. And Maria Hill's, you know, reading him the riot act for disappearing on her and not being around when she needed him. And he's like, yo, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's coming, bro. Yeah, there's some there's some stuff a brewing. It's already here. I could be one of these things. Uh, he doesn't say that, but you know. <laughs> but that's um, what we're thinking. <laughs> yeah, but like this this looks like Marvel doing S- it's the closest thing that I've seen them do to kind of the the tone of the winter soldier like mm, that yay. really like political thriller mm-hmm. vibe to it um olivia coleman is in this christopher <laughs> mcdonald clark. yep Amelia clark, clark. Um, wow. khaleesi yeah K- like kingsley kingsley benadir's in it too which if you haven't yep. seen him play malcolm x in one night in miami oh i want to see that that movie is amazing mm. i think i really want to see that x. What's up? I think he played Malcolm X in that movie. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Kingsley Ben Adir. Yeah, he totally did. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's in Peaky Blinders, High Fidelity. Mm. The I know him from the OA. Um, oh my God, in that King Arthur Legend of the whatever movie. Hell yeah, that movie was amazing. That soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks. Uh, I think that Secret Invasion looks really cool. It um, it looks like a Marvel that we haven't seen in yeah. in several years, and I just I love that type of stuff. I love like Bronwyn and I are huge action movie fans. Like we love watching espionage and dub dumb big action stuff. Um, this looks like it's going to be really cool. I love the idea of not knowing who you can trust. That moment in the trailer when um, uh, Adir's character, there's like 10 or 12 of them in the room Mm -hmm. in like a restaurant or something, and they all transform and they all get up at the same time. And he's just, he's still sitting down the main one at the table being like, yep, we are everywhere, buddy. Like, dude, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. It's like playing werewolf the card game. That's right. <laughs> You're not wrong. Are you the villager or are you the werewolf? Are you? Oh, please. Heads oh, up. please, There's Marvel. Make a version of werewolf, which is just, are you the scroll? 
That would be actually a lot of fun. That would be Asian fun. Could, that would be cool. Secret Evasion. Secret Evasion is one of my favorite comics. Um, I know they're obviously not adapting it directly, as they typically don't with these. Mm-hmm. Like Civil War wasn't Civil War and, and all of that. But the premise, the tone of the trailer, Sam Jackson is oh, perfect. First of all, he's old. He's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and he looks no different he than looks he's no when different. he started. And he is uh, he is at the age now where first of all he's been this for uh, decades, but also like he's at the age now where he is a bona fide legend. Yes. Like the the man, the man is a a powerhouse actor on screen, a franchise unto himself. So to see him doing his own thing as Nick Fury after kind of being in the cameo spot for so long. I mean, Captain, Captain Marvel was like that too. Like he was just so fun in that movie. Yeah. So I'm really eager to see him in this role and see him fleshed out over six ep- uh, six episodes. And Don Cheadle's going to be Captain Planet's going to be in it. Like so it's going to be Ben Mendelsohn too. It looks like. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn is Ben Mendelsohn. Come on. Yeah. Can't can't get enough of that lisp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also happy that it is not that direct adaptation. That it's a little smaller, a little more yes. self-contained. And not this whole let's impersonate every superhero. I'm sure they'll do that at some point, but I want the spy stuff. Definitely yeah. want the spy stuff. Mm-hmm. Joey, yeah. Uh, Secret Invasion Omnibus, <laughs> thirty-four bucks. That's Is not bad for what's an Omnibus. In it? What's in it? I mean, I would hope. Oh, here we go. Collect Secret Invasion 1 through 8, Secret Invasion Prologue, New Avengers 31 and 32 and 39 and 49, or 39 uh-huh. through 49. Right. Uh, Mighty Avengers number 7 and 12 through 20, and Jeez. New Avengers Illuminati 1 and 5. That's like $34? Wow. Yeah. That's really that, not yeah, bad. About a, that's like basically all of Bendis's contributions to the yeah. Secret Invasion stuff. Now, granted, Secret Invasion also was like literally everything else too was secret invasion but you would be getting the core, the core of yeah. the story and the core tie-ins there i want to see what the artwork looks like it's probably a whole bunch of people it was uh Lionel francis you i think I believe so oh. oh francis you did this main line and then i i think at that time i don't know if it was still frank cho on mighty avengers it might have been somebody else Frank land no, no. It, Greg Land was never on Mighty Avengers. No. I don't think I'm doing it. I did it. Greg Land. Greg Land was doing uh, Uncanny X Men, which right. was a dark time for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I got uh, my buddy Killer Croc as well. Yay! Yep, forty five bucks, just like that. <laughs> That's how it goes, kids. All right. Um, anyone have anything they want to say about Secret Invasion before we get to this quiz? I'm excited to see if they retcon anything by being like, no, they were a scroll when that happened. They That's might. Yeah. They might. That's I... a pretty good way to fix some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. I, um, I, like I said, the trailer felt so s- small in a good way. Yeah, you no, know? that, that is good. So I don't know. I don't know how big it can get. Who is Amelia Clark in this thing? Like, what, we don't her, know. what character is she? We don't she know. She could be a scroll. That's yeah, all we know. Do you think there's, she's going to There's turn- rumors, rumors around like she's Talos's daughter back from the Captain Marvel movie, hmm. grown up. There's rumors that she's Abigail Brand, which would like, yeah. be the craziest thing. 
There's all the kinds of rumors around That's it, but until we get it, we get Swell it. Well, Queen, know? I've heard. Frank. Yeah. Frank. Ooh. All right. Well, something to be surprised about. And some something, some everybody. She's Mephisto. She's Mephisto. <laughs> She's Mephisto. She Hulk was like, Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I almost forgot this Disney and Marvel Games Showcase. Um, we can go through this super, super quick. Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns actually got a release date. It is coming out this year, December 2nd, on the PS5, Xbox Series X or S, and PC. I don't know what this game is going to end up being. I've never played a Firaxis, um strategy game in my life. But if I'm ever going to play one of their games, it's going to be Marvel's Midnight Suns. I thought this was getting pushed to next year, but it's coming out in December. I am totally going to buy this and play this and talk about this on the show because everything they've shown for this so far, it just looks so cool. So is Marvel Midnight Sun also a retelling of Twilight or no? No. No, this is or like, Steve. It, I was like, man, this joke will either land or no one's going to get it. I got it. I got it. I was into it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can always count on at least one of us to be on your side. That's one of the <laughs> great things about the talking comics. Family. That's true. That's true. I, I don't know. I was like Twilight jokes. This might be way out on a branch, but we'll find out. This is like, I mean, it's not exactly top down. I think some of it will be top down, but it's it's strategy. It's like real time strategy, but it also has a card battler element to it. I think as you choose your commands and stuff like that, I don't know. Like I said, I've not played anything from Firaxis, but I know a lot of people who swear by their X, uh, XCOM games. Oh, uh, yeah. At least the people first love and second those. one. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Uh, really quick, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. There's a galactic edition coming out with 13 uh, like rounds of DLC all injected into it, adding 30 new playable characters. I've heard uh, from a lot of people that this is one of the best Lego games that they've done in a really long time. They kind of burn themselves out with Lego after they did just every property under the sun. But apparently this was... <laughs> a return to form, especially for the Star Wars ones. Uh, this comes out November 1st on the PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Switch, and everything. Comes out on everything. Uh, Marvel Snap. This is the other game that I'm... My friend Brendan has been playing the beta and alpha uh, for this for months. He won't shut up about it. <laughs> and uh, I'm absolutely going to play it. This is a straight-up card battling game with Marvel characters. If you want to think of something like um, Hearthstone is oh. pretty much what this is or inscription. Oh, um, minus amazing. A lot of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, like I said, one of my friends has been playing it for months and he just, it's, it's all he talks about. He keeps on hyping me up. He's like, come on, man. He's like, just, you know, you didn't get into the thing, but you can crack your phone in order to get in. I can show you how to do it. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Like, let's I'll wait until it comes out properly. And then we, you know, we'll play it to our heart's content. Um, there's illusion Island. Illusion Island looks amazing. This is um, fans of the wonderful world of Mickey mouse cartoons who basically wished for a puzzle platformer starring Mickey, Minnie, Donald and goofy. This this looks awesome. This looks like a wow. really good party game with friends solving little puzzles to get through the level. 
Um, the artwork for it is absolutely killer. It looks it looks like a real cartoon that you'd find on Disney Plus. It looks amazing. Uh, never played Monkey Island. Question? No, I was just going to chime in with something completely sure. randomly. There was a uh, during D twenty three, Disney was going to sell some of the the fancy ear tiaras they do at Disneyland and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were releasing a, a mini one, and their lead line in the ad was "Mini is dripping with excitement." But they 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 have changed it since. Oh <laughs> wait a minute! I did see. It. She, I saw the ears that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they have like almost like like silver liquid on them, yes, right? Yes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this too. I didn't know what yeah. it was related to. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney celebrations, I actually received the package in the mail to celebrate uh, Disney Plus Day. Disney so sent me this giant box with um, a Sonos speaker in it. An Instapix camera with a whole bunch of supplies, like printing materials and inks and stuff like that. Um, a sweatshirt, a disco ball, like an actual disco ball that you can hang from wherever. We're going to put it in the bedroom where our Cosmo light is so that all the like um, nebulae and stuff are refracting off of the, the disco ball. Uh, it's pretty awesome. There was some other stuff in there, too. Um, I can't remember what they were. Oh, they sound like confetti and streamers and crap like that little party hat it was cute um the disco ball was my favorite thing that's in there (laughs) i got Um, many a snap that had a disco ball in it that day yes (laughs) disney dreamlight valley so this is out now this is a cross between uh animal crossing and stardew valley (gasps) for for disney fans (laughs) what um from what i understand it's still pretty buggy but I have a lot of friends that are playing this, and they absolutely love it. And um, I downloaded it the other day, but I haven't fired it up yet. But um, it's pretty much you, like a player-made character, running around in a Disney world of your own making, interacting with all the characters. And there's voice lines and stuff like that. It looks, it looks like something that is cool now, but give it like six months to a year. And if it if it continues to make them money and perform, it'll be it'll be awesome. Mm. So I'm uh, looking I'm at my, it now with longing. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my eye on that. Um, Disney Speedstorm is coming out. This is a F Zero or Hot Wheels Unleashed like uh, racer battle racer, kind of like Mario Kart. Um, they didn't show a lot of characters for this thing. Uh, Mulan was in there. Sully from Monsters, Inc. They've got an entire Monsters, Inc. pack coming out, I believe, shortly after the game's launch. Uh, Mickey's in there, of course. And uh, I can't remember who else was in there. Oh, Captain Jack Sparrow. And um, I don't know, somebody else. Uh, Mirrorverse, we don't need to talk about. Marvel Strike Force. Jeremy Whitley loves that game. Plays all the time. Uh, New Black Panther Captain America game coming from, I believe, Amy Henning who worked on the Uncharted series. Oh. Yes, please. So this is a set in World War II, Black Panther and Captain America punching zombies uh, under the leadership of Amy Hennig, which is very, very promising. Uh, It would be nice to see her get another, like, flagship series under her belt and actually have it go all the way to the end. Uh, she's been pulled from a couple of things in the past couple of years uh, that sounded cool, including a Star Wars project, 
uh, that is not going to see the light of day. So I want uh, I want to see good things for Amy because Uncharted is one of my faves. Um, real quick, Marvel World of Heroes is coming from Niantic, which is the people that made Pokemon Go. So this is people roaming around your neighborhood with their phones, uh, pretending to be superheroes oh. and battling <laughs> each other in AR. Um, this, if it wasn't Niantic, I wouldn't even give this a second thought. But thinking about how many months to years and how much time and how much exercise I got at the height of Pokemon. Yeah, it was so yeah. fun. Oh my like, God. I still play Pokemon Go every single day. Do you really? Man. That's yeah, awesome. Man. Good for you. Friend me. Friend request me. I'll send you gifts. I, I will do it. I got to go back. I got. I missed that game. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fun. The, oh, downloading it's so it again good. now. All we'll right. Do it uh, let's all get back into it. Come on. Yes! <gasps> Talking Comics Group. <laughs> yes. I mean, the question is, were there any updates on uh, Square Enix's Marvel's Avengers game? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do last think they're Bucky soon, but... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they're making a Tron game. And then last but not least, uh, since Disney now owns the Aliens property, they have their own Aliens game coming out Ooh. called Aliens Dark Descent. There has not been a good Aliens game since Alien Isolation, uh, which is absolutely one of the best of those. So keep your you know your expectations in a, in a good place. But... This is this looks pretty cool. It's this, you know, top down strategy shooter of you doing military stuff and going after the aliens. But game over, at least man. game over. Like, at least it's something different. You know, like the third person shooting thing, the team based shooting thing. It's obviously not working. Nobody has done a sequel to Alien Isolation or maybe they are. I don't know. But this. uh this looks promising is what I'll say. All right. Uh, let me go to the old email here and I'm going to open up this quiz. Ooh, I'm ready doot. to do bad at this. We're doing it. Let me get my notes out. Jesus. <laughs> um, you have if, notes? Hmm. <laughs> Suspicious. I'm like my, note, my notebook to uh-huh. write on. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I'm going to have to write things down too. Um, I didn't All right, know there so was homework. Oh. <laughs> again, I have not looked at these answers. I won't look at the answers. You'll just have to trust me. If you want to send in your own quiz to us, um, and it could be about any fun thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be about <laughs> comics, movies, food, whatever. Um, tabletop games. Tabletop games. Send us a science quiz, and it'll be all of us versus Bronwyn. Yeah. Oh, you'd still oh, wow. lose, just, just so you know. Yeah, we, we definitely would lose. She's so smart. Oh, my God. Uh, podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com is where you can send your quizzes. Uh, thank you very much to Brian for sending this in. Are we ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Which nephew of a famous winemaker was partly inspired by a Marvel Comics character in regards to coming up with his stage name. Got There's it. There's a clue. Next. Yeah, got it. <laughs> that Next. winemaker may be much more famous for doing yeah. something Don, else than on. making wine. Okay, I think I know who this is. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> the way it's asked is perfect. 
Are you um, good, Chris? Do you need me to read that again? <laughs> it's not going to help. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so m- moving on? Yeah. All right. Like Harley Quinn, this character also debuted on Batman the Animated Series and was later introduced to comics and played by a prominent role in 52. I'll read that again. Like Harley Quinn, this character also debuted on Batman the Animated Series and was later introduced to comics and played a prominent role in 52. I think I know this one. I think I know it too, but it's, I'm not remembering it. I know I I'm going to know it. I God don't damn know it. This, this is I embarrassing. I don't know this one. Bob is quiet over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking? Yeah. No, he's he's like I got it. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have this one. I think I guessed, but I'm I'm like 84% sure. Uh, it's a prominent right. character in the new 52, you said? No, part in 52. To the the year of the, no the event no. series. 52. I was like, yeah. how is that possible? Somehow <laughs> <laughs> time travel happened. Yeah. <laughs> I've never read Fifty Two. I don't so even. I, I didn't even know. Uh, okay. I don't know. I've had no. it for years. I, I can't know. believe I have a Batman podcast. TJ's gonna be <laughs> bragging so hard. I usually do the games. I don't play them. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number three. What TV show does the show that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic is based on get all of its action scenes from? Oh, come on. What's that called? What? I remember what? the first letter of it, but that's about it. What TV show does the show that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic is based on get all of its action scenes from? I, I don't know this one. Oh my god, I don't know. I thought that we were just taking uh, no. portions of the the I know the history morphine. there, but I yeah, don't know what too. it was called. Oh my god, Brian. I, I never think I know the episode. first two letters of it, but I don't know beyond that. Brian right. really teased us with that first question. You know what? <laughs> Chris, you if, that. You, <laughs> if you get those first two letters, you get half yeah. a point. Thank you. I would like right. to get half a point in this game. All right, moving on here. Uh, Ooh, I can't scroll down too far. Uh, Which superhero character and star of the movie Jungle Goddess made a guest appearance on I Love Lucy? Which superhero actor and star of the movie Jungle Goddess made a guest appearance on I Love Lucy? What? (laughs) (laughs) We're looking for the actress here. Yeah. Which superhero actor and star of the movie Jungle Goddess made a guest appearance on I Love Lucy? I hope you don't. killing me, Brian. I think if I'm, I don't I'm know one... the answer, I'm just putting I... Mephisto. Mephisto for one... everything. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Bob? Mephisto for everything. Yeah, Mephisto, Mephisto. Who was the actress? Mephisto. <laughs> All right. Uh, question five. Which two actors are tied for playing the most comic book characters in theatrically released films? Which two actors are tiered for playing the most comic book characters in theatrically released films? Do we get partial credit for one? Yes, I'm going to make I'm going to make a rule. We'll make this a two pointer that if you get you get one or the other or both. All right. 
silence. Great radio. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm thinking I have, very I've hard. I'm All right, let's see. Let's. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, question six: What former Batman and Green Arrow writer was a House member on the San Francisco season of MTV's The Real World? <laughs> what? Oh, I know this one. I know this one. That's amazing. What former Batman and Green Arrow writer was a house member on the San Francisco season of MTV's The Real World? What? I know this one. That's a good one. That's a great question. Oh, man. I don't know. I only know one person that's written both of these characters. I don't think it's Denny O'Neill. I'm just saying. Man, I am. I see. This is why. This you know, is why I don't do It's funny because I know. Well, I'll I'll tell I'll tell the story after. All right, we got a few I'll, more after here. The thing. Yeah. Question number seven. Which former real life secret society? Here you go. Oh, wow, Chris. I feel like this was for you. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Do I know this? Which former real life secret society? whose name was adopted into mainstream comics is also the name of a movie that came out in 1960 starring Peter Cushing. I know this. Sorry, I I missed that question entirely. One more time. Okay. Which former real-life secret society, whose name was adopted into mainstream comics, is also the name of a movie that came out in 1960 starring Peter Cushing? Okay. I have a guess there. I told the only I secret totally society know I know. I know this because of Bob. He did play Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto? <laughs> Michael Fassbender? Michael Fassbender. I'll thank you for the point here, Bob, because I know this one because of you. Okay. Um, okay. Ready to move on? What, how, that was seven? Yes. All right, question eight. Which former Daredevil writer wrote an infamous cringeworthy tweet in 2009 about <laughs> his wife? One, one more time, and this oh, is number eight, gosh. right? Yeah, okay. which former Daredevil writer wrote an infamous cringeworthy tweet in 2009 about his wife? Oh, see, this was really before I was big on Twitter. I have no idea. 2009? What? That's a long time ago. I don't even know if this person was married. (laughs) I know. I'm just guessing a writer at this point. Seriously. Uh, Mephesto Zadarsky. Mephesto Zadarsky. Mephesto Fassbender. Mephesto Fassbender. I'm sorry. Can you just read the question (laughs) one more time? Yep. Which former Daredevil writer wrote an infamous cringeworthy tweet in 2009 about his wife? All right. I have a guess. Okay. And it's a person who I think would be on Twitter in 2009. Mm-hmm. That was what I did too. Is it Mephesto Fassbender? Yeah, it is Mephesto, Mephesto Fassbender. Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't think it's Stan Lee either, but okay. Yes. Question nine. Which comic book character was created in order to prevent television broadcaster CBS from creating the character themselves and claiming the copyright? Which comic book character was created in order to prevent television broadcaster CBS from creating the character themselves and claiming the copyright? I feel like I know this, but I'm probably wrong. 
Which comic book character was created in order to prevent television broadcaster CBS from creating the character themselves and claiming the copyright? I don't know. Man. I if can't I'm wait right, to I'm find out these it. answers. Me neither. We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot tonight. I think so. Um, all right. Question number 10. Wait, hold on. Can you give me eight again? <laughs> Which former Daredevil writer wrote an infamous- oh, Wait, that was eight? Yeah. yeah. Then what was nine? Uh, which comic book character was created in order to prevent right. television broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, shit. Okay. So then we're on 10 right now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, last one. Okay. What famous comic book artist also at one time worked for Hanna-Barbera and created many famous cartoon characters like Space Ghost, Birdman, and the Herculoids? What this, famous this comic? Me. Yeah, I, I know this one too. What famous comic book artist also at one time worked for Hanna Barbera and created many cartoon characters like Space Ghost, Birdman, and the Herculoids? This is one I of think two I've got, I think I'm I'm happy with this. Answer. I'm gonna say I think I got like four points total for this whole thing. Oh, lucky you. We'll see. If Maybe I get I a point and a half. I'm going to be happy. Brian, you're a tough quiz master, but we love it. Yeah, this that is was, great. That was a good quiz. That was tough. I this think has I been have, awesome. All right. I think I have like maybe four that I'm confident about. All right. Are we good? I'm going to scroll down to the answers. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah, we're not All right, here we better. go. Okay. Oof. All right. Which nephew of the famous uh, of a famous winemaker was partial uh, was partly inspired by a comic uh, Marvel Comics character? Sorry, I'm getting name for the hero Marvel. for hire. It is Nicolas Cage. Yes, thank Nick, you, Bob. Nick Cage. Oh. Nicholas Coppola took the last name of Power Man and is better known as Nicholas Cage. Oh, I didn't know that's why he picked Cage. That's yep. cool. yeah, he's a nerd. Oh, His I know son's that. named Cal El. I mean, please. I did know that too. <laughs> That's one for me. Um, like Harley Quinn, this character also debuted on Batman the Animated Series and was later introduced to comics and played a prominent role in 52. It's Renee Montoya. Montoya. Is it? Oh yeah. God, I, I did knew know it. that. I knew it. I knew oh, it. I'm so mad. I knew that. I knew I was going to know when you said it. Yeah. Damn I it. I was like, because I was, the show I created remember. all the lesbians. Yes. <laughs> I did yeah. know that. <laughs> Man, I should have known that. I didn't know that. I'm, All right. I'm very excited to learn the, the answer to question three. Yeah. What TV series okay. does the show? What's up? Sorry. No, I'm just got excited. This one okay. might be my half point. <laughs> <laughs> what series does the show that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic is based on get all of its action scenes from? The show is called Super Sentai. No. Oh. I had one letter, correct? <laughs> now that you say it, I, I wrote yes, down Sentai. Zord exclamation point. But now that you said Super Sentai, I'm so mad because I, I know it immediately. S, immediately. And then I wrote down yeah. SH because I thought for some reason that was it. But I knew it was an S. <laughs> that was the what second, I had confidently. The second that I read Super Sentai, I was like, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, damn it. Yeah, because all of their like know, Morphin so Time mm-hmm. fights are taken directly from one of those like yeah. Japanese you know daytime shows it's why they're not the same height (laughs) it's amazing i love it so much yeah it's pretty wild i also do not have an answer for four so i'd love to do i think i do 
All right, Mephisto. well, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read it. Mephisto Fassbender. Mephisto Fassbender. Which superhero actor and star of the movie Jungle Goddess made a guest appearance on I Love Lucy, Bob? I am thinking it is my first superhero, George Reeves. That is correct. Oh, that's that's good. That's good. That is correct. Question number five. Which two actors are tied for playing the most comic book characters in theatrical released films? The answer is Chris Evans. Yes. Nice. And Josh Brolin. Oh, no, I knew that. Hips. What is yeah. it? So like, wait. Okay. So what are we it, getting? How are we doing the points? One for each, right? One for okay. each. Yeah, is it? Uh, one, isn't uh, like Kurt Russell in all, a bunch of movies as villains though? <laughs> isn't he no. in? What? I thought it was going to be Michael Keaton. I thought oh. I wrote down Michael Keaton as well. Because does Birdman not count? No, I was like, is it Keaton or is it Affleck? Uh, but I definitely, I knew it was Chris Evans because of the losers, baby. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so Evans, yeah. Evans has played Captain America, <laughs> Johnny Storm, a renamed version of the character Proloff from Snowpiercer, oh. Jensen in The Losers, Lucas Lee and Scott Pilgrim, and was the voice of Casey Jones in the animated film TMNT. Wow. I did not know that. See, Kurt Russell was in one of the superhero movies and in Sky High. That's what I was thinking. Sky High, also not based on a comic book. <laughs> fair, um, enough, fair enough. I just was thinking superhero. Brolin's <laughs> in Jonah Hex, Sin City. Yeah. Cable. Cable. Yes. Yeah. He's been in a lot. Um, and Thanos, and he was Thanos. Thanos. Shinichi, Shinichi Goto from uh, oh, Old, Boy, Old Boy, Agent yeah. K in Men in Black, Black yes, 3, yep. Dwight in Sim City, A Dame to Kill For. Um, wow. Yeah. wow. So Thanos. Should have thought of yeah. that. Josh Brolin does get around. He does. All right. All right what, I got number six. What former Batman and Green Arrow writer was a house member on the San Francisco season of MTV's Real World. Oh, I read this question just, wrong to myself. Judd Winnick. Fuck. Oh. Wow. Ah, oh, I, I knew that. Know, I knew Judd Winnick from the graphic memoir Pedro and Me, which is incredible. Oh. I have um, you know, just for funsies, I wrote down Grant Morrison because how epic a season would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> I. What pisses me off is that I read this as huh. like a writer of the season. Not a house oh, member participant. Oh, I, I, yeah, I just glazed over from reading it so much. I knew, but I didn't write it down. But I knew Judd. I knew that Judd Winnick would have been well, the answer for this. Damn it! Right, no That's point. A good question. Years. No point for me. Uh, which former real life secret society whose name was adopted into mainstream comics is also the name of a movie that came out in 1960 starring Peter Cushing and that, famously course, in the 66 Avengers television episode. Go ahead, Steve. The Hellfire yes. Club. Oh, oh I wrote down the Freemasons just because. I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I thought um, it was the Illuminati. I wrote oh, the down. Illuminati's a good, good guess. <laughs> That's a good guess. All right, which former Daredevil writer wrote an infamous cringeworthy tweet in 2009 I hear about his wife? I think Frank Miller. Oh. Is it Kevin Smith? I, I guess yes. Mark Wade. What? Whoa. It's Kevin Smith? It's Fuck Kevin yeah. Smith. What did he say I was about like, his wife? I was like, who would be on Twitter in 2009 making 
terrible jokes? And the answer is Kevin Smith. That's fair. I remember this. What did okay, he say? Okay, so the tweet is 10 years in and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. Oh, that's decade- kind of cute. That's, that's not, not that cringeworthy. Bad. I think that's that is fine. Cute. It, it goes uh, on. It oh, goes on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> don't go on. Please, don't go on. No, I'm just going to put this. Here. That sounded fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put this in the chat because this gets real raunchy all real fast. In 180 not, characters? That's I'm amazing. Not going to read oh, yeah, that was pre 280. Okay, so. Uh. Aaron oh. and John are going to see this and be like, that's what? Fine. That's fine. That's that's romance Twitter every day. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Jesus my- Christ. No way. <laughs> this is awful. Uh, I'm going to throw up. Literally, <laughs> literally, that's just what romance Twitter is like daily nowadays. That was when Twitter was just the wild, wild west. Like anything goes, no one cared. It was whatever went. <laughs> All, right. All right. Anyway, moving on. Question number nine. Which comic book character was created in order to prevent television broadcaster CBS from creating the character themselves and claiming the copyright? Well, also their producing partner at the time, Universal Studios, who wanted to create, since they already had the Hulk, they wanted the She-Hulk. There it is. Stan and John Buscema created the Savage She-Hulk. Wow. You notice how Brian is doing the thing where... The questions revolve around things that we talk about on the show, which is what yes. you do when you craft a thing, Bob. Yeah, we talk about Nicolas Cage all the time. Hellfire Club was on Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Kevin Smith is just in the news. Yep. Yeah, it's all here. She holds. We, we stink. We're, we're we are not attentive. I've got <laughs> zero points, so y'all are doing better than me. Yeah. Because now will... that I'm looking at these, I'm like, yep, this all makes sense. I still <laughs> haven't forgiven myself for when the answer to one of Bob's questions was Valeria Richards. Yes. Her three and I didn't get it. Yep. I mortified. I couldn't sleep for weeks. It was awful. That, that's right. I, think I don't was, have an answer for 10 I either. Think I do. Sarah didn't get a size Spurrier question right, so don't feel bad. No, no it was a um, – was it a Kieran Gillen? Or was that the one that Joey yeah. didn't catch? <laughs> I'm just a – I can't remember. A rat. I ask bad questions. Okay, go ahead. What's uh, no, you don't. Hannah Barbera. <laughs> Last for- one. Not what Bronwyn fan- reacting to the tweet you posted as if it's about her. <laughs> what famous comic book artist also at one time worked for Hanna-Barbera and created many famous cartoon characters like Space Ghost, Birdman, and the Birdman. That, of course, is Alex, Alex Toth. He was yeah, also responsible God. for the character designs on the first Super Friends series. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So, so then I got. Are each of these are one point? Each of these are one point. I came away with a four. I got a five. Oh, I mean, yay! I mean, zero <laughs> is a round number, so you know. No, you didn't get anything. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> you oh. kidding? Bob, uh, how about you? Seven. Whoa! What? Nick Cage, Renee, George Reeves, Chris Evans, Hellfire Club, She Hulk, and Alex Toth. Wow. I got Nick Cage, Renee, Chris Evans, Judd Winnick, and Kevin Smith. Those are the only ones I got. Brian. 50%? Not bad. No, this is a tough one. Right, right, write us another quiz, but like. This was good. T- tailor it for me. I'll Venmo you some yeah. money. <laughs> Canadian. Canadian trivia. Yeah. Help me look cool in front of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to send this in. Please, if uh, this was a lot of fun, if you want to make another one or or whatever, we'll save these for a good time. And uh, yeah, anybody that wants to make a quiz for us, we'll yeah, take a look at it and maybe bring it onto the show. Please. And if you uh, make a pod- really, really thirsty one, we'll do it over <laughs> on Thought. So, you know. <laughs> Um, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com is the email to send your quizzes and questions and comments. Let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. Bob, will you pick it up? Batgirls number 10, Wonder Woman 791. Yes. I do believe we have a Harley Quinn anniversary issue this week, but I'm not sure. that It's, it's conflicting data. Hmm. We have Ms. Marvel Venom, Captain Marvel 41. And I think my favorite book of the week might be Love Everlasting number two. Oh, uh-huh. yes. Joey, what are you getting? Uh, Buff Snakes, Dual Power Bomb, Love Everlasting, Flavor Girls number three of three, sad. Um, <laughs> Superman, Son of Kal-El, Batgirls, uh, Bone Orchard, Black Feathers number one. This is the second one of Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino's like horror books, which the first one effed me up. So I'll probably check this one out. <laughs> Um, get a load of this shit. Ryan North is writing Star Trek Lower Decks number one this week from IDW. Get hyped. Oh, Sorry. That. that was shrill. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin get Smith. Too. Kevin Smith's got a new book uh, with uh, Andy a- a- McElfrish uh, called Masquerade number one. Ooh. Uh, I probably won't read it, but I just, you know, it was off of the trivia. But anyway. And uh, I might get Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Wonder Woman number one. Because in Dark Crisis number four or five or whatever one I just read last week, there's this moment where like uh, Pariah is like, yes, I put the Justice League into their alternate universe worlds and their powers in forming the multiverse, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I see these one shots after the fact where we're going to get these like little Wonder Woman and Batman like in their alternate universe stories. And I'm like, this is terrible. But anyway, I'm enjoying Dark Crisis, so haha, whatever. <laughs> Chris, do you have any webtoons hitting the uh, the old reading device? Uh, probably, but every time I say them on the show, I end up reading something totally different for the next time I'm on the show. So instead, I'm just going to read my buddy Killer Croc because I downloaded that one. Hell yeah. And I might try to read some Werewolf by Night because it looks like it's on the library app. Oh, yeah, library app. (laughs) The library app is lit. It's got so many comics. Amazing. Uh, For me, I'm picking up Batgirls number 10, Batman versus Robin number one. I am Batman number 13, Superman, Son of Kal-El number 15, uh, Captain Marvel 41, Daredevil 3, Above Snakes number 3, Bone Orchard Mythos, uh, 10,000 Black Feathers number 1, Do a Power Bomb number 4, uh, The Least We Can Do number 1, I will buy it, and Love Everlasting number 2, and Righteous Thirst for Vengeance number 11. Still going with that. That book got real gnarly in the last few issues but i can't tear myself away so good and that's gonna do it um oh we got more emails coming in cool um sorry (laughs) i got distracted for quiz after quiz after quiz right (laughs) like there's just all these quizzes 
This Seriously. hasn't even aired yet, and people are already sending us quizzes. <laughs> like, we might not do a quiz every show, but if you send us quizzes, we'll take a look at them, and we'll think about bringing them onto the show. Um, yeah. So, does anybody have any closing statements before we get out of here? Nope. Nothing. Um, nope. Send Chris? me your Sam Bucky fanfic, Rex. Please, please, I need it. Uh- <laughs> Oh, but go. more seriously, um, yes. Check Fill out the hollow in Chris's heart. Please, it's it's dark and sad in there. Please send me fanfics. Uh, <laughs> send me your fanfics. If you've all written fanfics, I don't even care what it's about. I will read your fanfics. Send them to me. I love reading you know, people's fanfics. I bet you there's going to be like San Diego Comic Con 2025. And Kevin Feige is going to be like, welcome everyone to the Marvel panel. And here is Giancarlo Esposito. And he's just going to walk out and that's it. Like no announcements, <laughs> just, just no announcements, no videos, no trailers. This is Giancarlo Esposito walking across the stage I and that's so. it. See you. See you guys. That would be so, I really is good casting. I hope that happens. That guy's been, that guy's been rumored for every single movie yeah. <laughs> and rumored to be Xavier for decades. I re- like. He would make such a good Xavier though. Like, oh but my like, God. But like no context, no role. No. Just here he is. You've been the man you've been waiting for. <laughs> He'll be in something. something. Cast him as you'd like. Uh, anyway, Steve. Sorry, I'm just going through some of our emails. Like some of these emails drive me nuts when it's so obviously written by a bot and the bot tries to make it sound personal. Oh. I've listened to a few episodes of your podcast and I love it. And I think you are doing fantastic work. Oh, After thanks, listening bot. to your yeah, right? After listening to your work, I think, like, come on. Anyway, <laughs> I could be wrong. This could be a real person, but it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> There's a real person listening right now that's like, I'm that's not a robot. <laughs> I always and- fail the things that ask, are you a robot, when I'm logging into things, too. <laughs> and, of course, we have an audience ready to tune in and get more information in your podcast. Mm-hmm. We believe this will be a great collaboration. This is great radio. Yeah. <laughs> Or is right. this from a hey, prince from Nigeria who sent it? People <laughs> love people love peaks behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. All right, we don't get any more bonus materials on DVDs and Blu-rays these days, so <laughs> we have to read our spam files out loud. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the stuff. And look, this could be a language barrier thing, and I'm just an asshole, but I don't know. It sounds a little body to me. Your Android friend is really upset right now, Steve. And he's I just they want me to check out their comic and there's a link cr- here, but I'm afraid to click on it. He's crying oil. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like you're gonna have to work a little harder. And then they send this follow-up email, like, oh, you just got my last email, but <laughs> no, yeah, I did that one too. All right. He's just he's just weeping oil in the corner right now. All right, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send your comments, questions, or quizzes to our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. And Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Joey? I'm busy. Wow. Chris... At Joey Pacino. Chris, where can where can our listeners find you? You can find me on this very channel doing Thirsty on Tune. Our next episode is a special, completely unhinged uh, question and answer session from a bunch of you, actually. So please tune into that. It's going to be super fun. You'll get lots of recommendations and probably some drunken slurring. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> 
after that, we will be covering White Trash Warlock. So the one Steve mentioned earlier, and that will be our nice. episode following. So please tune in to Thirsty on Tune. You can also find me on Gotham Outsiders, where our FlameCon panel will be dropping on Batman Day to celebrate our second anniversary. And... You can also find me on Twitter at The Myth of Psyche, where you can please, please, please send me your fanfics. I want to read them. <laughs> or you can talk to me about Damian Wayne, and you can send me your Damian Wayne jokes for me to start the podcast with, if that's what you want to do. I'm down for that. Mm. My list is getting low. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also find my pen name at Cooper Cal Writes, where I am submitting a bunch of stories right now, and you can hear the updates on them there. You can uh, also contact me if you're interested in consulting, because I am still taking consulting customers. So please check me out on all the places. Awesome. Uh, I am at dead underscore anchoress on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you head over to the Joe Blow Originals channel, uh, Bronwyn actually narrated a um, what happened to this unmade movie. And um, she does the narration for an investigation into Darren Aronofsky's Wolverine movie that was never made. Mm. so if you want to go and check that out that is over on the channel or go to joblow.com where it is posted where i've been running things for the last little while while we're doing uh d23 and tiff it has been a lot of fun a lot of hours my back hurts and we're gonna end this podcast so i can go for a walk um thank you all so much for listening if you want to get in touch with Aaron, he is at, uh, at Aaron J. Amos and John is at John P. Burkle online. We wish them both mm-hmm. the best. And um, yeah, yeah send, send John all of your cult media. He'll love that. And send Aaron all your Damian Wayne media. He'll love that. <laughs> <laughs> be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, do be continued. There's no way it's going to make it the two hours or whatever the hell, how long it's going to take. Um, do you guys want to do comics or news first? Well, I'm out at 930, so whatever you want to do. Jesus. <laughs> I said this hours. days ago. <laughs> I remember seeing that. You're the boss. Our celebrity guest here. Do I have the talent. <laughs> I am the talent. <laughs> I put the blueberries in your trailer, Joey. Chris, you don't understand. I've been the talent for years. You know, I just kind of walk on cameos here and there, you know, taking my taking my leaves. You've heard him when he comes in. He comes in here and he's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for my yeah. close up. What Mr. DeMille. <laughs> what is the play and what is my part? Are you now doing Clayface? I oh, like that's, it. Uh, that's uh, that's Ben Affleck in uh, Shakespeare in Love, one of the best oh, okay. movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Unjust Academy Award winner. The problem with Marty. Shakespeare in Love, like many films from like circa 1998. Is Harvey is like, Weinstein? Yes. The movie starts and the first thing you see in the credits is like a Weinstein company <laughs> yeah. film. And you're just like, damn it. Fuck. 